Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. Welcome to episode 99, closing out the first century of these goddamn episodes. <laughs> so not only are we closing out the first hundred episodes this week, we're also going to close out 2020. So we haven't gotten to it yet, but... When you close out a baseball game, you need a closer. So we brought in our closer for this. He plays way more games during the course of a year than we do. And you know him from last year. He's a returning guest. We know him as Dan. You guys know him as Blade Blur. Blade, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming uh, on. <laughs> I am on the final installment of the double digits. That's amazing. I can put on my CV and companies are going to be like, pretty impressive. Yes. That's you're right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do not everyone put us, knows the podcast you'll never get hired again if you put us as a reference for the love of god i, I think i'm gonna get too many uh proposals but uh joking aside uh, everything is going well you know um it's uh getting like darker right now in california there's actually rain which is nice so i do appreciate whatever rain we can get and what um, yeah well i mean it's california i mean don't expect a lot of rain a lot of the time and, uh, you know, just uh, keep on gaming, basically. Nice. So before we get going, please, for the love of God, plug plug away. Plug your socials, plug your channels, because you do YouTube, <laughs> you do Twitch, you do it all. Well, I mean, I mean, it's kind of funny because, like, 2020 for myself has been kind of a busier year than usual, so I didn't have a chance to do as much YouTube stuff that I wanted to do. But if you always want to check out my YouTube just for my archive and whatever videos I'm going to have planned, a top 10 of 2020, go wow. to uh, youtube.com slash bladeblur and as well as twitch.tv slash bladeblur, which I also plan to do a lot more streaming in the future. And, of course, uh, I would love to have both of you guys in sometime because, you know, you are my uh, YouTube family, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, of bud. And it sounds like fun to us. Yeah, and cue, the, uh, cue the awe right now from the audience. <laughs> yeah, Bri, get on it, edit boy. <laughs> Jim, just every time you talk, I'm going to have it go, map, map. <laughs> or like I can the, actually the, see that the going trombone, forward. The trombone. Like, <laughs> yeah. Bum, uh, bum, yep. Bum, 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 yes, bum, I knew you were going to go with the trombone <laughs> fat guy from the family guy. Ah, I, I didn't it. even say it that yeah, time. I know what you did. You said that. You did the tune. <laughs> that tune is from there. It's not like it's a different tune. Jim, what are you talking about? Stop it! <laughs> so, Blade, before uh, before we get into the games of 2020, are you? Is there anything right now you're actively just playing for fun, or maybe like for a video? Uh, what, what's in your catalog right well, now? Well, uh, good question. Um, just as of uh, yesterday, I finally got around to finishing um, Ghost of Tsushima after. Uh, playing it for a lot a lot of time mostly because the fact that um i had to send my uh ps5 for repair and when i got my ps5 back i actually lost my save my original save which was like about 18 hours long so i had to basically play all the way up to that point and then of course finish the game but i guess it goes to show that i really liked that game if i wasn't deterred of actually going back <laughs> to it despite this whole like save fiasco and I also got my platinum trophy in it, so yay! Yeah, I was gonna say when you say when you say finish, you don't mean like normal person finish. I'm not a normal person. I think I kind of established that at this point. <laughs> Fair. No, but yeah, I, yeah. I just so happen, you know, to do all the side quest stuff as I'm also playing through the story. Just I'm the kind of person that if they give me like a list of side quests and the main story, 
I kind of like do all the side quests and then just save like you know the finale of the tale at the very end, just mm-hmm. so it feels like I just finished everything. And then of course there's all those like straggler missions at the very end, like you know visit this place and play your flute so you get a trophy, just so I can finally you know close this book. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Jim and I have said we're very big. Well, definitely used to be more. I'm not as much, but I'm big on doing the side quests and completionists. And I'll tell you what series always got me were the Fallout games because there'd always be that point where it's like, all right, if you start down this track, you can't like reverse it. And there's going to be four different endings. So you always save at that point, go through, beat it, and then have to <laughs> reload, go through and beat it and just keep doing it over and over. I, I like remember, it, actually. If I'm not mistaken, you said Fallout 4 was in your uh, top 20, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that's your favorite Fallout. Yep, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, because here's the thing. Like, I'm actually a Fallout noob, so I barely played those games. But I played the first couple, like, hours of 4. And I'm not saying it was a bad game. It's more like, mm-hmm. wait, what is this system? What am I doing here? Like, I didn't get, like, a proper tutorial to kind of warm me up to how the game works. So... I kind of deserted it, unfortunately, but I hope one day to go back to it because uh, after I played Outer Worlds, I think I'm actually now more open to those Fallout-like games. Yeah, if you went back, Fallout 3 is what set up the system that they have. So if you went back, did that, you would understand it. Like in Fallout New Vegas, introduced a few mechanics that spilled over into 4. But yeah, 4, if they, it is true, they don't do the best job. Like, understanding that and understanding like all the little intricacies if you if you're brand new to it it can be overwhelming for sure <laughs> yeah and, and it's not like i just want to like you know drop games when i start them i actually really want to play something but yeah sometimes you know the most important thing with a game is that this the intro is supposed to hook you and if the intro doesn't do that unfortunately i drop off it happened to me also with like red dead 2 which i also really wanted to love red dead 2 but the gameplay just didn't captivate me and it sucks because i keep hearing from people how amazing the story is but i guess i'm more of a gameplay kind of person i want to make sure that i have an amazing story but also great gameplay to go together <laughs> weird? Well, I, at least you appreciate story unlike some i can appreciate a good story i just don't no, need you it. can't no, i appreciate good stories damn it You've always preferred the Blue Beetle in DC over Batman. Goddamn right. He's a little underdog guy. He has character. He has to think of more clever ways to get over stuff. Fuck off. All right, Jim. Well, speaking of games and your lack of enjoying good stories, what have you been playing? Actually, it's funny he's talking about not getting gripped immediately because I'm kind of going through that right now with... Uh, uh, I have started playing Shantae and the Seven Sirens. So... I've never gotten into the Shantae series before, so I was like, I, I bought it on a limited run a while ago. And I was like, all right, let me finally get into this. And I'm just like, ah, fuck. It's one of these, like, adventure <laughs> platformers. Because, like, the entire opening of the game is just text, 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 text. Talk to this character. Yeah. Talk to this character. Go back and forth. And until you've, like, you're sitting through, like, 15 minutes of dialogue before you're finally just, like, doing the first minor bits of platforming. Just, like the littlest bits that you can so I, was, I almost like turned it off at that point but i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a college try i'm gonna give Jim, it a go i know you and i'm looking at this game what the hell or who convinced you to start that game because i you it, everyone talks about how good shantae is <laughs> if you're in like the retro circles and shit like that yeah. so 
That's so fair. it's kind of like the first time you tried cigarettes. You got peer pressure into doing what the cool kids are doing. No, no one forced me into it, but I was like, <laughs> all right, let me see what this is all about. And I was like, oh, God. Like, it immediately gave me those, like, because uh, I never got into, like, Wonder Boy and Monsterland or those games like that because it's the same thing. Like, it's a lot, before you really get into the action, it's a lot of go around town, talk to people to get your mission uh, before you can do all that shit. And not even yeah. in, like, the Zelda 2 way where it kind of gets into it quicker. This is just so much, like, text heavy mm. so and that kind of relates to what i was talking about with fallout 4 earlier there should be a balance that needs to be stricken that the the, the player needs to get some kind of idea what to do but on the other hand don't just burden them with like mounds of like tutorials and mm -hmm. like walls of text you know because that's just downright overwhelming yeah. yeah yeah but like the the sound design's good the voice acting's pretty good the graphics are great so I'll give it. A, I'll give it a shot. I'll try to put at least an hour in before I say, you know, if I'm just going to quit out or not. I hope I like it, but yeah. if I don't, I don't. Yeah. Honestly, I think that every time like I'm playing a game and a game hooks me like from the get go, it like only gets like a point in my scale just for that because very few games nowadays manage to do it, and that's kind of sad. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. And then I was also playing a little bit of uh, Jan Saw Bob Mall Brawl. So, oh, what's that? Based on Jane Silent Bob, it's an yeah. old school throwback eight bit beat 'em up kind of game. Think of like River City Ransom, oh. but like think of it. Yeah, think of like River City Ransom with like a lot of Kevin Smith. What do you call it? Fan service in it. Was it? Was he a part of that at all? I think a little bit, but I think they were basically making the game, and then they like kind of got the license from. So they based a story, the quote unquote story, around that. So yeah. Do, now, do they at least have the voiceovers by Jason Mewes and? There, there's no voiceover in it. Oh, is it just I, like tech? Like, like bit, you said, eight so. bit. So yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they made it. They had a stretch goal to make a version of it for the NES too. So they, I guess, they had to make it cross playable <laughs> on that. Cool. But there's also like a version of it that's going to be like super updated graphics that should be coming out too. But yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. But this one, yeah, it's definitely pure throwback kind of action. Tell me that one of the first bosses are the clerks. <laughs> no, the clerks aren't the first bosses. Like the. Uh, it's a lot. The early things are all based around mall rats, mall brawl, mall rats. So like, oh yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. with like the straw hat and like you fight the shit covered pickle. Basically, they made a bobo into the <laughs> into, not the pickle, the pretzel. The pretzel, yeah. Yeah, they call him a dobo. I was like, all right, clever. So I'm actually <laughs> stuck right now on their version of the turbo tunnel, and it's fucking hard as goddamn hell. So <laughs> it's the end of stage three, and it's driving me goddamn batty. But I'm trying to get is, through it. Is that on a switch? You said. Yeah, it's on the Switch. I think it's on everything at this point on the eShops, but... I uh, I think I gotta get that. Yeah, if you see it on sale, alley. get it. Yeah. Would you rate the game a snooch out of nooch? Actually, every time you beat a stage, it says snooch to the nooch, and they go, yeah! <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> so yeah, it's pure fan service kind of deal. Yeah, I, I kind of really want to watch the cartoon, the animated series that came out like two decades ago. It was really good. The I watched that ages ago. It's been, fuck, it's been forever since I did, though. Yeah. <laughs> High school is like that real hardcore Jan saw Bob era for me. <laughs> the view askew era. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I uh, all of my time that I the time I have, which isn't a bunch this past week, was all dedicated to, like I said, I got hard into the Total War Warhammer games, and I'm in the second one, and I'm many hours already into that. That thing is it's crazy, and as I predicted, Jim, I said. It's a good thing I didn't know about Warhammer and that shit before, but I, I've had other games from Xbox Gold and Pass. Uh, one of the games, I call, I think it's called like Verminside or Vermintide. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. 
that is made by like it's basically left for dead but in that universe and it's like actually looks really cool and it's got great reviews so i'm like oh that'll be a fun first person shooter for me to try too um but yeah this whole week has just been that game so uh coming up this week i have a game from jim that i'm going to be getting diving into and for those of you who know uh by time you're watching this the end of this week there's going to be another patreon review out um and jim's already spilled the beans on one of the games that will be coming but uh donkey kong 64 (laughs) jim had some problems with it and uh he's dropped it off with me so i can't wait to bash my head against the ground it made me motion sick (laughs) And luckily, next week is the end of my dry month, and I cannot wait to drink so stupidly on the podcast next week. <laughs> yeah, next yeah. week's gonna just gonna be a drunk. It's gonna be a drunk shit show. So it, it really is. Don't like, expect quali- Don't expect quality, but expect entertainment. We'll call it a statuary. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, ooh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm and uh, and I have a feeling when I really dive into Donkey Kong, I'm gonna need to be having a beer next to me the whole time. So, can't wait. <laughs> I can't help but like looking at Donkey Kong literally in your fray when you were talking mm-hmm. about him. He's like staring at him. He's just I, like I kind of had to put it up. This fucker. You play my game. <laughs> but he's like he's dead eyeing him though he's like you know what you're gonna get you know what's happening i i Fuck may you. just light him up with like my knives and bows and stuff like just while he's there just you know as the game goes on what's everything <laughs> um but yeah that will lead us perfectly into yeah. obviously not drinking this week again so flyers are back been drinking out of this cup this week and jim what do you got well, this week I am drinking from the big um, from Sasquatch Brewing, the party. Or wait, hold on, party. I'm <laughs> trying again. <laughs> I should have done prep. God damn it! Just be able to read. <laughs> I've been done. Thing. Okay, so this is the party like a Sasquatch alone Bigfoot Porter. Comes to us five point one percent alcohol by volume, forty IBUs. From blah, 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 blah. Yakima, Washington, by Hop Capital Brewing Company. Huh. Definitely never heard of it. Interesting that 70s color palette can. Yep. Um, it looks like yeah. my parents' bathroom's wallpaper. <laughs> Jim, it looks like the streaks in your pants. <laughs> wow, from yellow all the way to brown. It's like perfect. <laughs> Like there's, a, there's, the, there's the bloodier parts where the PBR was. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> oh, I had vegetables that day. But Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, so oh my it's God. definitely so, a porter. Tons of head. Like it was the head was like up to here when I first yeah. poured a little bit, and <clears> then it, I've been waiting for it to go down. Super smooth so far. Like actually ridiculously smooth right now. Is like, it really kind of, light? It, it's light. It's really light for yeah. a porter. Yeah. <laughs> They've been, that's been more and more popular, especially the craft beers. The porters have been getting like, they used to be not as thick as stouts, but they used to have a little more body. And now they're like, I'm not calling them session, but they're really thin for a porter. So yeah, like I can, I'm probably going to pound this down way quicker than I normally would with any porter. Yeah. Yeah. You get that little bit of like, you know, toffee, coffee-ness at the end on the aftertaste. Not too big of an immediate like mouth taste. It's almost just kind of like. It's just like, oh, I have water in my mouth. And then, like, you get it all in the aftertaste. Nice. Not a a lot of mouthfeel to it, but 
slight bitterness at the end, but it's good. And what about you, Blade? I know we saw I saw some a water bottle, but uh... yeah, I, I was going extreme today, and I was drinking a whole <laughs> bottle of water because <laughs> you know sometimes I'm even more on the edge, and I put a little bit of lemon inside just so you know. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm cool. Listen, don't go down that extreme path. Then you're going to move on to limes, and then who knows? I know. I'm already ruining my goody two-shoes image already. I mean, I need to make sure I am on the, on the straight path. I, I, can't, uh, I have an image to preserve. We're, we're happy to ruin it today. What if it was all the ruin in the first place? It's we have party with him before. We know his yeah. deep dark side. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so James fucking James nice, nice guy Blur becomes even nicer guy when he's when he has a couple beers in him. Yeah, yeah. you are nice. That's yeah, kind of it. Oh, nice. That's actually exactly. He's yeah, like, I'm so glad for hanging out. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And J- Jim just becomes a sleepy Bobo. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> P- pee in the thing, get lost, go home, cry. <laughs> But Favorite yes, it's not that order. <laughs> nah, it's always a toss-up. Just put it in a jar and shake it, and it'll wind so, up. One sometimes of those ways. I cry while I'm sleeping, and then I wake up. It's like, oh, why is it so wet? You too? <laughs> Only I'm wet in the lower spots. Damn it, Jim! Can't sometimes it's sticky. Patreon.com/slash/drink-a-beer-and-play-a-game, where for as little as two bucks a month, you can ask a question that we will answer on each and every one of these Power Hour podcasts. <laughs> So, first up, from Eric Lewacki, your favorite top 10 YouTube clickbait channel, Looper or Watch Mojo? God damn, specific. <laughs> uh, specific. I, I mean, because I've never specifically heard of Looper, I've gone down the Watch Mojo rabbit hole too many times, where, like, I just see one top 10, and then it just so happens, and I know it's the algorithms, I'm like, oh, that one could be interesting, then that one, then that one. So, yeah, I'm a sucker for Watch Mojo. Wait. Um, I didn't really watch a lot of Looper, so I probably will have to say Watch Mojo just by default. But I don't really watch Watch Mojo unless it's a topic that only they covered. Because if a bunch of like you know other creators <clears throat> that I usually follow do like say uh, top ten games over the year, I would rather watch them over Watch Mojo because. I feel like every time I watch a Watch Mojo video, it's made by a committee that they write a script, mm-hmm. and you have the guy like you know, um, uh, Halo Four was a shooting game that was taking place in space. You can play yeah. as Master Chief and shoot a bunch of uh, grunts in the face. It was a very fun time, especially online. It's like I I know that it doesn't feel like it's an opinion of a person. It seems mm-hmm. like you know something I can you know pick up a game and just read the blurb of the box. So. I respect them for the growth that they managed to achieve throughout the years. Good on them. It's just not my preferred uh, content intake. Well, that's that's if they scripted it themselves, because they have a little bit of a reputation. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> but they they're that safe like list of yeah, you know you're not going to get the ironic opinion or the ironic <laughs> choices. You know you're not going to get the ones that are like... It's not like, like I'm making these lists. They're, like, they're not going to go super indie or a kid that just grew up on Genesis games and then 64 games. Right. Appreciate. You know, it's like so you're going to get the more applicable pop version of yeah. it. But sometimes, you know, they do hit them. They hit them right for if you were like 
hey, I need to expose people to what the top 10 probably best N64 games are without a ton of true opinion. Yeah, that's and, fair. And so you get that generic. So I like to sometimes see that because I'm always curious, like, like the list we're going to talk about later. I'm kind of like... Yeah, but there are also a lot of other creators that make stuff like, you know... Um, like five games to play if you just got an N64. So there are yes. always options for that yeah. too. And yeah. I love, you know what? I like you and I, I think we all appreciate personalities. And you find someone who kind of, even if you don't align with their views, if they present in an interesting way and you can tell they're passionate about it, that's just as good. But yeah, like there is a place for that generic list. And I'll give it, I'll give them credit, man. The amount they crank out their videos, yeah. even if I'm... not all of them are their ideas. It's it's very uh where their lists <laughs> very yes. manufactured. I think that's probably the best way I can. Yes, yes. Yeah, like, painfully, like painfully a factory and there's a press machine. Yep. Yeah. They're like, here's the list we need to get out this week. Go. <laughs> Here are the top ten beers that Jim has drank over twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Number one through ten, Keystone Light. <laughs> Number one, that the beer with a can that has like levels of like different poop. <laughs> we're starting out right very on brand <laughs> how about you jim i know you don't watch really youtube well you actually watch lots of youtube just not that stuff yeah i, I mean if i'm going to stumble onto one of these it'll probably be watch mojo like the most like top 10 shit i wound up for like top 10 channels would be like wrestlemania or shit like that like some random like wrestling thing or or a good buddy blade with his delightful countdowns rounding mm -hmm. out the best of the year so <laughs> I know. Which he needs to get on them. He's going to get to his 2021 by 2022 at this point. Yeah, probably. That's the goal right now. <laughs> um, and the only thing I honestly, when I'm thinking of Looper, I would think I would rather watch like the Ryan Johnson movie Looper at this point. I never even heard of that like page. So like, I, like yeah, Looper. me neither. Yeah. But no, we, thank you, Eric. We appreciate the question. Yep. Next up, Gamer Astral, favorite controller ever. Ooh, well, well, I feel like we've covered that a couple times. But we also have a new generation of consoles now, so it kind of makes the feel more interesting. <laughs> favorite yeah, ever, no Blade. Favorite it. ever. Yeah. I mean, I if I if I was if it's going off of my nostalgia and gut, it's either going to be probably the 360 controller or the uh, the DualShock PS controller, like that general design, especially the PS2 one. Mm -hmm. I, I think best design we've covered this many times. Those two are. For what they can do, and uh, yeah, they're probably my favorites. Yep, like Blade has in his hands. <laughs> well, it's a PS3, but I think people get the gist. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, that did that, honestly, I'm not picky between the design. So if someone's like, oh, PS3 is better than PS2, I'd just go, okay, like I'm not gonna argue it. Yeah, I don't think many argue that though. PS DualShock 3s are literally, and then uh, Jim, can I just guess yours? Sure. Your stupid ass six button Sega controller. It is my favorite, but I will say the best controller ever is the 360 one. So like retro, I'll say six button Genesis, but everything's anything in the 3D realm and after it'll be the 360. And what about you, Blade? Um, you know, retro, I'll probably say six six button, but probably Saturn, because I think I just like the ergonomics of it just a little bit more than the than the Sega Genesis one, and this is coming from a Genesis guy, so... In terms of, like, um, more modern stuff, I have to admit that 
I'm not as in love with a 360 controller as much as the next guy. Hmm. As I think as time went by, I think I'm becoming more and more of a PlayStation individual, I found out. And I would have said something like a DualShock 4 because I really like the upgrades that they mm -hmm. made to it. But then this thing came along, and I'm like, Nugu King right there. So I'm hearing a lot of love for the dual Envelope sense. done. <laughs> and I, I, and for the record, it's not for the reasons you know, like oh, haptic feedback or adaptive triggers. Like that's just neat little gimmicks. Yeah, argument. It just it feels nice. And that's all I need. <laughs> I mean, that's ultimately what it should come down to. Yeah. And I've said, I think the PlayStation, starting with the 3, had the much better idea of being able to charge the wireless controller with your thing and not need battery packs. That was the one issue I had with 360. And Even still could, do, you know, yeah. They, they still, still, It's still an issue. Like, I don't, I, I almost, I feel like they're one of the things holding up the double A battery industry, along with kids' <laughs> toys. But, uh, you know, it's like, just move on. Like, just do, get it charged like the PlayStation. And I have the PS3 and 4, and they lasted pretty damn long. Like, I didn't notice that they die really fast either, so. No, I, my, I, will, I will give, you know, Microsoft some credit that at least in terms of, like, battery life, I think the Xbox controllers usually last a little bit longer than the PlayStation stuff. But what I've been noticing. Um. Oh yeah. When you're using the double A, they do last longer. But it's just the inconvenience. Like I've had the same rechargeable battery since I've got my 360, and it's okay. still using them now. Those batteries are slowly dying out. But I'd say, uh, shit. It sucks. It lasts me two weeks, maybe, where before I have to charge it again. I, I guess that's the best timetable I can give. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is something to be said for like. Say you're weirdo, like, you know, collectors like uh, me out there who down the line, the lithium-ion batteries, like, they're all just going to die out. So you're going to have to crack your controller open, like, switch it out. Even a brand new one, like, the batteries only have a certain shelf life. So that's, like, the only advantage to having a, uh, a chargeable, you know, uh, double a traditional battery pack. Hmm. But, I mean, for most people, they're done with the console generation. They throw it away. Like, 1% of people are going to go back and use an old controller. So Yeah, that's true. Jim's that one percenter. God damn right. <laughs> I am the wrong kind of one percent. What the fuck am I doing? May I just give one like last honorable mention in controllers? No. Depends ah, what go it ahead. is. Okay. Go ahead, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> no, go ahead. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> uh, GameCube. I, I just want to shout out the GameCube. I just think it's a classic design, and maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I really like the how. Um, I wouldn't say obvious, but very um, distinct the A and B buttons are, especially for, like, platformers or, like, Zelda games, you know, that everything is, like, focused yeah. on those two buttons. And I don't know, there's just something so charming about that controller. To this very day, it's used for stuff like Smash Brothers. Like, that that's, it's never going to die. <laughs> this controller is going to stay forever. No, know, thanks to Smash, it will never die. It's not allowed to die. It'll never die. <laughs> Well, like, the thing well, is, like, it needed. It was coming off of such a terrible design, so they needed such an upgrade from the N sixty four controller. So it made sense, right, Jim? <laughs> Jim, I had to get the little zinger. In I know you did. I know you did. Now I love the GameCube controller too. And like you said, like it's awesome that like every controller has that button. It's like the main button, whether it's X or A or shit like that. So it's cool that they really spotlighted it. But it's also weird how, like, for as good as they spotlight A and B, like, X and Y are just, like, one's over here, one's up here, one 
you know, Z button over here, a sh- their yeah. second stick. Like, it, it's like a weird mishmash of, like, amazing ideas and terrible ideas all rolled into one. The only part when I think it's terrible is for fighting games, because sometimes in fighting games, you have to press two buttons together. So oh, yeah. something like, um, say, Soul Calibur, you have to use, like, B and X together. So it's like, uh, I'll try to press those two without touching the A. It's kind of yeah. awkward. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and sorry, Link, I like your version. <laughs> but, uh, it's still awkward. Spawn's better. Right. Spawn's better. What about Hayachi? <laughs> no one likes Hayachi. <laughs> Fucking old man in diapers. <laughs> Great question, though. Thank it's you, and thong. <laughs> that wasn't until 5 when that was his default for whatever goddamn reason. But next up from Game Whisperer Dean. What beer would you pair with the disappointment of realizing that latest 32X purchase was a waste of money? You motherfucking son of a... <laughs> Well, it is definitely a terrible purchase. Um, you could just emulate the 30 games. <laughs> but uh, um, I would say you're going to need to really drown your pain. So you're going to go with something that has a minimum alcohol level of 11 to 12%. I'm going bourbon barrel aged. Um, uh, depends where you're at. If you let me know where where you're at in the country, I can let you know a more specific one because I don't know what's regional. But go with bourbon barrel aged, some kind of stout, that 11 or 12% minimum. Drown your sorrows. All right. And I'm going to go the opposite route. I'm keeping it personal because, for the most part, all the games that I have for it are games that are like actually good for the system. So with the exception, <laughs> of, with the exception of a couple, what do you call it, super high-priced ones that are still good, everything else is trash that I'd be buying. So... If I'm going to waste my money on a Trash 32X game, I'll just have to drink a shitload of PBR and just dwell, dwell myself in sickness and just pure trashness. I'm actually trying to see what, like, 32X games do you have over there, just, like, what the trash ones are exactly. I have Afterburner, Doom, Knuckles Chaotix, Mortal Kombat 2, Star Wars Arcade, Shadow Squadron, Space Harrier, T-Mech, Virtua Fighter, and Virtual Racing. So I need, like, Tempo, but, like... Jim, what were the last ten you named? Because they were all trash. Son, <laughs> I knew it. Fucking knew it. <laughs> Knuckles Chaotix? What was that? I don't. I really don't like Knuckles Chaotix. I'm glad I bought it before it got expensive, but I really don't like it. Listen, Jim. Even if I do agree that those are good, that you actually do have good games there. My whole point is, 32x is one of those things. If it never existed, gaming would never have skipped a beat. I completely yeah. agree. Yep. Yeah, if so my it was a very unnecessary. Like of all the gaming peripherals and things, it's one of the more unnecessary that got more attention than it should have. I agree. Yep. <laughs> if I didn't get it for free, I wouldn't have it, but I did. So, but they you you spent money on games. I I've spent twenty bucks on mine. So. <laughs> Before the retro bubble boom, and everyone's like, "Oh, I need a thirty-two X." At least we're not like the people in the UK who have to spend like 300 bucks just to get the console. Being a collector is so hard nowadays. <laughs> I really want to collect more stuff, but it's just so difficult. Like, I would like a Musha, but I don't want to spend $400 on Musha. Uh-huh. I knew he was going to do this because I knew I said, <laughs> oh, just rub it in. Go Blade, ahead. Blade, excuse me. Get my me. Goon that's, saga right now. That's six to 700 now, sir. How have you now? <laughs> All right, I'm next. Panzer Dragoon Saga and my Snatcher just to spite you. Blade, just so you know, next time me, we me, know me, we're me. going to a, a one of the uh, the conferences, I'm going to snatch that from Jim's collection and just hand it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
and he'll never know the difference because I'll just put a smiley face box right there. <laughs> hey, where'd Mushi go? Now that's what I call a genesist. <laughs> All right, and call button and. <laughs> That was actually good. That was Jim. a good one, you bad bastard. Jim, Jim, was... <laughs> but you could, even if Blur was, like, sending you a video of him holding it, you could never get mad at that guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'll just go, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, look at his puppy dog eyes. <laughs> next up, from G to the next level. Now that 2021 has begun, what new games are you looking forward to the most this year? I'm hyped for Balan Wonderworld and the new Ratchet & Clank. Cheers. Can't wait for episode 100. Thank you, G. Uh, the obvious one, and we'll get into it a little bit more, is Resident Evil Village for me, and the uh... <laughs> yeah, we are. <sighs> Damn it, Jim! And the um, fuck, Jim. Do you remember the name I called it? The thing that's the spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. Back oh for yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah, fuck, I forgot. Back for Blood, yeah. Yeah, back, yeah, Back for Blood. Um, that and um, those are the two main ones I can think off the top of my head. I'm sure there's other ones, but yeah, those are the two quick ones. Yeah, Back for Blood definitely for me too. Like, and um, yeah, I, I don't do prep work for the year later. The last time we got asked, I said Halo because that's the only one I could think of. But even <laughs> then, I'm just like yeah on Halo anymore. So I don't even know what I'm looking forward to besides like new weapon. Because you don't look forward to get your enjoyment. You look to the past. Right. I live in the moment. All right. <laughs> you don't live in the moment. Live your, in the whole, moment. your whole back shelf is the past, Jim. <laughs> I'm living in the past in the moment. <laughs> How about you, Blade? Um, shout out to Balan Wonderland because that's the next game by uh, Yuji Naka, the creator of Sonic the Hedgehog. And I'm contractually obliged to try it. So what? Wait, that's what cool. game did he make? um sonic the hedgehog what's that uh it's a game about this like blue thing that likes to uh destroy tvs <laughs> yeah. yeah right if you want to see like what do you call it like a hedgehog give birth go to deviantart and type in <laughs> sonic the hedgehog no jim i bring, will never your go to any of your deviantart links because yeah. I've, I've been down that path one time from your link and i've the learned he also made some like really uh, popular stuff like Burning Rangers, which is not a, a Saban production, su surprisingly. <laughs> Saturn exclusive, one of those big ones. Um, but uh, kind of like G as well. Ratchet and Clank looks pretty nice. I'm really looking forward to it because I always like Insomniac's like platformers. So that's definitely yeah. something I'm looking forward to. Um, and you can get into the action without tons of text beforehand. You can even skip the cutscenes. <laughs> but here's the difference. The cutscenes are actually good, and they don't waste your time because they know how to pace things. It's true. <laughs> and, Fair. oh, um, that reminds me. Have you heard about that uh, game about the bold assassin? Yeah, Hitman. Hitman? <laughs> yeah, I heard that game was quite a hit, man. Oh, you son of a bitch. You know what? I I, I I didn't want to have to do it, but every time you're doing those, I'm adding in the rim shot. <laughs> well, that actually came out, uh, I think, last week, too. So that's a 2021 I, game. <laughs> yeah, and I have every Hitman. I, I That's a series I've always really loved, but it's one that, unfortunately, I just I, – I haven't been – I have all the latest, but I haven't actually been able to play into them. But I love that series. I think it's cool that if you buy the third game and if you had like the previous two, you can import like those mm -hmm. levels into three. 
Like that feature alone is like amazing. Like I don't know any other company that would do something like that. It's funny you said that. I was telling Jim since I am getting obsessed with these Total War Warhammer games. Um, so if you're familiar with RTSs, but this one's on a much bigger scale. It basically, like, say there were seven factions in the first game. If you got the second game, there's another five. They allow you to import all seven, and then they make a map that incorporates all of them. And they're coming out with a third game with more factions, and they're going to build on top of that. So this idea... Yeah. So this, they just, like, I think that is a model games are recognizing you could do. And I honestly, I wish more games, like... All the yearly releases, like Call of Duties, if Halo becomes a more yearly release, like, do that. Like, instead of doing a brand new game, do a smaller tier that you can just incorporate and make the game bigger and bigger and bigger. If it's well, possible. Well, still also have, you know, like a new release, but also <laughs> give the option of people who stayed loyal to the previous releases and able to, like, import the stuff yeah. to the new game. I think, like, Master Chief Collection is a really good example, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. You can buy all those games separately, and then you have this, like, one package, and you can choose whichever campaign you want to play, which I think is a really good thing. Great idea. Yeah, absolutely. No, but great um, question, G. Yep. Yeah, honestly, 2021, like, because 2020 was so slow, like, a lot of stuff already come out. I don't even know what we're going to get in 2021. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a giant question mark, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> movies, games, fucking every, every entertainment's up in the air right now. Yeah, well, just hope for the best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and last but not least from Alex Perez. With the Super Bowl in two weeks, what are some of the most memorable commercials that you guys have seen? Not limited to just Super Bowl commercials. That's tough. I mean, beer commercials back in the day used to be good. And even, you know what, I hate to admit it, but that stupid-ass Bud Light Night commercial, (laughs) like... He can't hear us. Yes, I can. Like, like the, the beer commercials are always funnier than they have any right to be. Um, so I'm just going to go with, like, I don't know, a random beer commercial. Because, honestly, I, I've never been the type, like, I watch them. They don't stick in my mind very long. Uh, that and when video games put a lot of effort. Like, when George Romero did the Resident Evil 2 commercial. That was pretty goddamn cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That, those are my standard answers. Yeah, I think this, um, I'll keep it in the realm of video games. What do you call it? The old Crash Bandicoot outside Nintendo headquarters commercials <laughs> from like the mid '90s. Those were fucking great, and like you can go back to them on YouTube and they still hold up too. Jim, you mean you didn't want to pick the original Smash? Oh, that's a goddamn classic <laughs> commercial too. <laughs> Happy together. <laughs> That's like the last time Nintendo put a lot of effort into a commercial. <laughs> Pretty much. Until what we would like to play. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's the name of the console. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> How about you, Blade? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's... Uh, the problem with, like, Super Bowl, like, commercials in particular, there's so many commercials out there that everything kind of blurs together. Pun not intended, by the way. Oh, I was about to jump in there and say it. Fuck, <laughs> really not. I swear, this time I actually... <laughs> In terms of, like, video game commercials, um, God, Japan is just, like, a goldmine when it comes to video game commercials. Like, the the Link of the Past commercial with little rap number and, like, all the dancers. 
Like that's just a classic right there. Like when they go deru deru zero dano den set deru 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 deru. <laughs> Jim is like, what the heck are you even talking? I have to, about? I have to look this up. The only whenever yeah. I hear a Japanese commercial, I just think of that energy drink that Arnold did. <laughs> Damn it, Jim! Look it up, and then I only want to hear two words from you. Thank you know you. what? I'm gonna. I may change my answer to the one that's really funny is when <laughs> the guy and his wife. It's like their wedding night, and he they're having sex, and they squirt skittles all over the place. <laughs> oh, that bad one! <laughs> like that was so oh. ridiculous. I, I have another one that I actually remember from childhood. Is um, you know, back when you were growing up as a Sega kid, obviously used to all the Sonic game coming out on Sega platforms. So here's the Sonic Adventure 2 battle coming out on Nintendo GameCube. And I was thinking to myself, how are they going to, like, you know, let people know it's coming for the GameCube? So the commercial for SA2 for GameCube, like, during, like, the early 2002 era, had this basically, like, two uh, real-life hedgehogs, like, <laughs> like, in front of a blue screen. And the director is, like, saying that, okay, roll into a ball, go. And you see, like, the hedgehog just, like, you know, looking around, like... What are you doing? Just go! Go! <laughs> and, and then you hear the announcer saying, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, coming for GameCube. <laughs> that's funny because that's how most 3D Sonic controls. This is very true. <laughs> Jim, no, you know what? I, Just for that, you're going to get the... Ah, <laughs> now, what do you call it? I'm, one more commercial, though, because everyone did, too. So back in, like, what was it? 92, I want to say. Cindy Crawford did this one, like, uh, Diet Pepsi commercial. And, like, I don't know if any of you remember. Like, she's, like, coming through the mist, and she's drinking it. Yeah, It's got, like, the music going in the background. And I remember when, like, I think I was just, like, glued to the TV. Is like It was, like, on there and shit like that. Like, this You're poor like, little... You were like, whoa, Diet Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but, like, the whole inter- exchange after when, like, my brother was like, oh, do you think she's cute? I was like, no. I was like, oh, you think she's cute? I was like, no, it's not cute. Then I ran upstairs and cried. <laughs> oh. uh, you cooties. <laughs> not much has changed in your life. <laughs> not really. I'm still hiding, uh, what do you call it, Kmart catalogs of underwear sections behind my, my dresser. So, <sighs> Damn it, Jim. I might have done that as a kid. It's behind all your Genesis games. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Damn it, Jim. I call that the Krusty (sighs) Crab. Did I say it for you this time? Damn it, Jim. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Blade. (laughs) Sometimes. He gets me. But uh, thank, thank you, Alex. That was a great question. Sorry it evolved into Jim's crusty corner. <laughs> and that may need to be its own segment now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that, that'll, be, that'll be how we bring in episode 100. Um, but I do want to say thank you to everyone that does support us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. And please make sure to get your questions in. If you're supporting us, we want to hear from you guys. And, you know, Jim, plug away all the links if they do want to support us. Yeah, once again, patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game. And once again, if you also want to support the podcast, make sure to hit up iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. Leave a comment, leave a review, leave a five-star review, and we'll read it no matter how badly you want to bash us. Yep, absolutely. So, Jim, I did want to follow up on something. Uh, It's very short, but we talked last podcast about a game that, for all intents and purposes, went away. And I'm talking about Gamer Girl. Yeah, so we briefly mentioned what he, it's funny because like when we briefly mentioned it, we're like, oh, what happened with that? And then we got a bunch of comments that were like, 
Oh, holy shit, I forgot about that. Whatever happened with that? So we did the research. We did some looking. There's it nothing. seems like it, <laughs> quote unquote, quietly got canceled. Uh, the same company. Oh, fuck. What's her name? Scott Wales. Oh, something from Wales. Yeah. 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 Um, but they're the same team that released that uh, Tales of Scald. Scald. It's that horror game that's available on Xbox Pass right now. Okay. Um, and, yeah, they just basically completely shifted the campaign to cutting all contact from it. If you try to look up articles, I think the latest article I could find was from September of 2020. Yeah, I and think I, I think that's the one I found, too. It, that was I found one from, like, late August that was like, yeah, this is supposed to come out in September, and uh, I don't think that's happening. And it never did. Yeah, so. the one in September was like, well... It's September. It didn't come out. Like, I guess it's not. So I don't know if this is like, I, I don't, I would never say it's an industry standard, but I would say, I wonder if this is a game they can just have on a back burner and maybe like just quietly release in the future just without like, because if you did put the work in and made the game, it's weird to just not release it at all. I get don't promote it, but like imagine the people working on it even no matter what you think like just release it i don't know, I don't know. A, i'm curious i'm curious to see what a sim simulator would be like it's a weird game for sure but i just you know i think it got overblown with the, what the intent was cuz it could you could argue the same thing like well gta is only about killing cops it's like no no, it's about killing hookers, too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you make the game about that, that's what it becomes. But that's not really the point. So, I don't know. We'll, we just wanted to follow up and say, hey, you know, looks like that game is gone. Yep, probably dead. Sorry, Jim. Ah, yes. one day. <laughs> Maybe I'll make my own. Put me in a wig. <laughs> Damn it. Jim's crusty corner. <laughs> the the gym simulator <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be funny because that will probably be able to come out on switch and not on sony so jim I just what had, a weird role reversal this world is we're in now jim i just had an idea there's something called an rpg maker kind of make your own video games oh, i want to make it jim <laughs> jimmy boy blah blah adventures <laughs> In your room, there's Jim's Krusty Corner you gotta investigate. Of course. Jim's Wall of Sega games. <laughs> the God of War that's on the TV. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, what? I'm a man of fine, certain taste, Brian. I only I, go for the finest of games. But yeah, and speaking. We, oh, Brian, yeah, go ahead. Speaking of fine games, mm-hmm. our little buddy Blur here, he was actually involved in the making of one. <laughs> So, we talked about it briefly uh, when we had console wars on. We gave him a shout out. So our little buddy Blur here actually was involved with Crash Four. Yeah. So I guess I should probably talk about this just very briefly because you know there's so much that I can talk about. But uh, right, I did work on uh, Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time, um, which is now out on both PlayStation Four and Xbox One, <laughs> and. Um, for, I mean, I'll just say, like, uh, the things that I can basically say is just, it's been really interesting, you know, during 2020 to be a part of something like this, but the fact the game is out and people are enjoying it is probably the best feeling that I can have, considering the fact how crummy 2020 was. Yeah. And being a part, of course, of a franchise that I grew up with and with a team of very creative individuals, that was basically the best part of it, so... 
um, it's been an honor, and I'm really glad to have that experience last year. Yeah, so go out there and buy Crash 4. Help our buddy out. <laughs> no, I mean, just... Tell them Blade sent you. You know, and obviously, we talk with you a lot. You've been a video gamer your whole life. Like, But was there ever a point in your life where you're like, I would like to do something where I work with video games in the future? <laughs> like, and then you actually, like you said, you're doing on a franchise you grew up with and playing. But was that ever truly, like, in your head as a kid? Like, I want to work with I... video I mean, the fact that I got to work on it is kind of like, you know, luck. I, I, you don't know what you're going to get when you yeah. apply for stuff like that because, you know, stuff get announced when they get announced. It's like, you know, when um, like there's NDAs, there are contracts involved, which is why I'm trying to be as tight-lipped about stuff mm-hmm. that I can be. Right. But, you know, in terms of like wanting to work, yeah, I, I wanted to do something either like in, in like either as a developer or as like a game journalist when it comes to video games. So the mm-hmm. fact I got to achieve one of those things is really cool. It's just that getting into the industry, regardless of what path you want to take, is incredibly tough. And we're talking about endeavor that lasted for like years upon years for me. The, the best advice I can give to people who really want to do this is honestly, as generic as it sounds, just don't give up. I know it sucks to give such an empty advice like this, but it worked for me because I just kept on pushing. And no matter how many times I felt, you know, this is not going to work out, eventually something happens. So just have to keep at it. And sometimes, and honestly, a lot of it is like 10% preparation, 90% luck. Sometimes it's just being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, timing. <laughs> timing. <laughs> no, uh, no. And, and that's, uh, to me, it's not cheesy. It's one of those old adages that are, they're reset for so much. It's like when you ask someone, man, how do you lose weight? Oh, work out and eat right. Like there's no other, like everyone wants to know the shortcut to all this shit. Like, how do I do this? Like, yeah, there is no such thing. You just show up and do, do the work and try to get there. So that's just awesome that you got to do that, man. So we really are proud of you. And yeah, like Jim said, go out, buy, buy crash bandicoot four. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it pretty much came out to good reviews. So congratulations, man. Yeah, it's nice to see like something I worked on get like a green like rating in Metacritic. I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, you're awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of great games though, and you're... a game we want to talk about that uh Blade and I are really excited for. Jim is newly we'll see if he's excited. It'll go in the corner. Damn it! Resident Evil Village. I already mentioned earlier in the podcast. Those that are fans of the channel know we reviewed every major Resident Evil game. We lo- absolutely love the series. And uh, ever since its first like few pictures it showed, we were excited. But now they've released gameplay footage. And the demo is out for PS5. So, unfortunately, Jim and I, we don't have PS5. But Blade, you have it. What do you think? Precious, look at it. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I would be a son of a bitch who would be like, na 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 na. Yes, do it. Okay. Na na. <laughs> so, look at these poors over here without their PS fives. <laughs> oh, those young riffraffs. 
<laughs> You're still stuck in 1080p, 30 frames per second. Wait, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> sir. We have base, we have base model uh, Xbox three or Xbox ones, so that's like yeah. 960p. <laughs> and enjoy your faceless, faceless cyberpunk faces. <laughs> um, that's what Stadia is for, sir. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But um, the the thing they released for uh, Resident Evil Village or Eight or whatever you want to call it is the Maiden demo, which the whole point of it is kind of a, a graphical showcase just to kind of see how the game is going to look. And um, if you like the way that um, RE Seven look like, then you're pretty much gonna be at home. The game kind of starts you off at a dungeon. You're stuck in a dungeon and you have to escape your cell. And then you move from that, you know, grimy looking dungeon, you know, with like decaying rocks and barrels full with blood, you know, stuff for kids. Yeah. You move over, you know, you finally you know this like little switch where you push a brick and you go into this like fancy castle and you have to solve some really basic puzzles. It's it's a demo that can last you probably like about 20 minutes. So it's not even like, you know, something extremely long. I think like the file was on like four gigabytes, which sounds like pretty big for a demo but you also have to realize it's like a very beautiful looking demo so i yeah. kind of get that it was really interesting to me too that um there's also this like new vampire creature there that's like this lady that's wearing all black like seems like she's made by kind of like you know moths or something or bats like the bats are kind of forming oh, yep together. yeah and like she's walking around and stuff like that and towards the end of the demo I mean, I don't want to spoil... T- I mean, I mean, might as well. It's just a demo that's like 20 minutes. Yeah. Who knows if it's going to be even canon to begin with. But, uh, like, there's a part when, like, that bat lady, she eats, eats you, and then you don't die from that. And I'm like, huh. Oh, well, I'm going to keep going forward towards my destination. That was annoying. <laughs> yeah. And... Oh, yeah, go on. Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, that's what I was kind of confused about. I, seeing the the trailer and knowing it's following the same guy from Resident Evil Seven, Ethan uh, Winters, yeah, yeah, like they're following him. And if for those of you who played Resident Evil Seven, they still generally stuck with the whole idea of like some kind of virus that, while they weren't zombies, they were like creature like, and it was right. more in the realm of like what you would expect to see, like the tyrant or the liquor and things like that. Whereas this game, it straight up is like, seems like vampires, werewolves, and just more like classic horror tropes, if you will. Um, I don't mind. I think that's a cool direction for this. I really like it. I don't know how that plays out just because it is a first person shooter and you're thinking creatures like that, like, probably should be fast. And what I remember from Resident Evil 7. You don't do well with fast. Like you really yeah. got to plan ahead, unless they're really revamping the the first person aspect of it. Um, I think it moves a little bit like slightly faster than what Seven did. Okay. Then again, I haven't played uh, Seven in quite a while. But what I also remembered from Seven, I'm not sure. Did both of you guys finish Seven at all? Or? Just Brian. I Just didn't. Me. Yeah. Okay. Because like Ethan's arc in Seven was kind of quote unquote complete. So exactly. I don't know exactly how they're going to take it from there. So that's also kind of a, a question mark for me. But, um, I mean, the thing with me, Resident Evil, I actually haven't even played all of the Resident Evils. Like, I only finished uh, Zero, One, Two Remake, 4, and 7. I haven't touched it. Yeah, you're even. all over the map. <laughs> well, I, I didn't touch yeah. 3. 
from last year because I heard a lot of like mixed opinions about the three remakes. So I just decided to not touch it right away. But I do plan of um. Do you, well, do you like fun? Uh, fun is pretty good. So try it if you like fun. If you don't like fun, don't try it. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I, I mean, I did play The Last of Us too, so maybe sometimes I don't like fun. I mean, uh. <laughs> oh, well, he likes to get his ball stepped on. All right. Well, Resident Evil 8's perfect for him then. <laughs> I, I mean, speaking of getting stepped on, the one thing that everyone is talking about from Resident Evil 8. And the thing that ends the whole demo is Miss Tall Vampire Lady. And I don't think I've seen a character from a game get so much, like, you know, notoriety and infamy everywhere on social media. It's get get Rule 34 that fast. Yes! It's nuts! And you know what? I think it's justified because that's a really cool design. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's a fucking great design. It, it doesn't look like a traditional Resident Evil like character. That's why it's like, oh, what's the story of this? I mean, it, it's got to be a thing where she turns into like a vampire tyrant, right. like variant. Yeah. Like it's got to be. She's too oh, gigantic. No, you know, she, yeah. she's going to turn completely hideous, and those giant knockers are going to turn into like two bats that come after you. What you if she turns into one be... giant boob though? That would be amazing. That would be probably the breast transformation. Son, uh, you're getting it. He's getting there. Yeah, I just want—I just want to see like a gigantic Akira like monster, but just you know, just one pure gelatinous boob that starts to try and kill you. A lot of people have actually been comparing her to. Um, I, I know you guys are not big into anime, but there's this one show called Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, I heard and of it. One, I know. And it. one of the seven creatures, the Humunculi, lust. It's basically she has the ability to like extend her nails and like stab her like enemies. That's the same thing with Vampire Lady. Apparently, she has that ability, too. Ah. Literally, the way the demo ends is like, oh, she grabs you and she like, you stabs like, you. Stab you, yeah. It'll and then be interesting. you're like, oh, my God, I got stabbed. And it's like, thank you for playing our game. Mm-hmm. Now, Bri, you may need to edit the, uh, what do you call it, the description of the episode for when we get to this subject uh, before we put it on YouTube. Go, uh, Yeah, unfortunately. I don't know why, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's very, it's very calm. I just wrote down Resident Evil Eight, big titty vampire waifu mommy milker. So you know, you get the idea. It might need to be, it might need to be edited a little bit. Hence why it's in Jim's crusty corner. Oh my god! Just put a few asterisks there. It'll be fine. Cover up one of the O's, maybe a W. It'll be fine. Uh, I'm actually crediting it too because for a series to last this long and still come up with a character that stands out like this, yeah. Good- because I thought, you know, in Resident Evil 7, like, the Baker family, like, they were really good villains, especially... They are great. Jack. He scared the crap out of me in that game, so... If they did create another character like this, like, good on them. So, I really yeah. want A to work, so good luck, Capcom. Here's the deal. 7 came out, that was the revitalization it needed, and the direction it should have went. Like, it's back to horror, back to things you love about Resident Evil... Then they had the nice little Resident Evil 2 remake, which was monumentally great. And then 3, I really liked. It just got overlooked. Those were great games, but now they're back. They're giving you a new game, and they're sticking with that style, which just had success. So uh, there is, of course, ways they could go wrong. But if they stick kind of like 7, I think they'll be fine. And they have already 
crazy unique set pieces and monsters and villains so they're a step ahead of the game yeah there's like this like val helsing guy i saw with the glasses like he is also pretty cool looking yeah no so i i can't i can't wait to play it Um, yeah definitely a 2021 game that everyone should uh look forward to but we're we've been talking a lot about what's ahead of us and all the games we're looking forward to and this and that but uh, like we did last year with Blade, we uh, want to take a quick peek at what's passed. And 2020 was an odd year for a gazillion reasons. And, you know, we had to go through and at least pick one of these lists. And we're not doing what we did last year where Jim gives us five episodes of lists. <laughs> that was a bit of a mistake. That was a bit of a marathon. We're, we're going through. Even my wife yelled at me and she was like, no more lists. I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh we we're going with polygon we did it last year and they're and always good for a laugh they're good for commentary i'll say that <laughs> and if you ha- didn't watch our episode last year you can watch it so you get a base of our opinions but uh jim why don't you why don't you be the official rolling down and we'll we'll, we'll hit on what we need to but uh yeah i'm not to jim and i have already looked through it blade i don't know if you had a chance to already scroll through it a little bit. I'm, 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 I forgot the order and stuff like that, so it's yeah. gone. Oh, right I got it's you fine. covered. Because here's the thing. We said earlier that as something like, uh, you know, uh, those top ten lists that we were talking about, um, they may be generic and manufactured. This is clearly an opinion piece, and you can clearly see the motivation yes. behind yeah. the, the spot and choices put in here. So... Jim, go ahead and take it away. All right. Number 50 with the <laughs> PS5 launch title, Bug Snacks. Kind of really? bug and kind of snack. God, <laughs> that song is stuck in my brain already. <laughs> all right. Okay, is so should I... At all, Blade? I mean, here's the deal. To be the best, one of the best games of an entire year, really does it make it? Uh, well, here's the thing, and I guess I'm gonna take over for bug snacks. Um, um, I, I, I imagine probably you guys don't have much experience with bug snacks. No. Negative. Okay. Play bug snacks. It's weird, but there is so much heart into the story that I was actually shocked of how well written, well acted, and how much heart and passion was poured into it. Like you look at the the screenshot and you see like you know this burger bug you know with googly eyes that yells bunger 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 and you're like oh that thing is stupid as heck, but then you find yourself you know talking to one of the many characters called you know Chandlo Funkbun and you think to yourself come on that, that that's like a kid's book, but he's like oh man I miss my my boyfriend so much and I'm like wait wait what Boyf- boyfriend what. Why are you actually gonna tackle like you know a uh, gay relationship in a video game, and you're not actually gonna make you know a big deal out of it? Like it's actually natural and not you know the whole point of the story. And they <laughs> act like normal individuals despite the goofy story. And, and that's really what I like. The characters are really three dimensional to the point that no matter how crazy things get in Bug Snacks, the characters kind of ground everything together and. They really got, like, an amazing cast of, like, you know, actors to voice them. You have, like, 
the guy who voices the Hulk being like a farmer guy, which is pretty funny. Oh wow! Um, hmm. You have you know the guy who voiced um, Spider Man in the PS4 game being like you know the bro character. Um, you have the guy who is Sonic the Hedgehog being like you know a snooty scientist. It's the kind of game that I really want to talk more about, but it's kind of like Undertale in a way that it's best to experience it and kind of like see how fun it is. A lot of people actually say it's like, what if Pokemon Snap gave you full control of going around the world and actually let you catch stuff at your own pace and you have different gadgets and stuff to catch all those like different creatures and none of them repeat, which is really nice because each creature has like their own um, method, you know, to be caught. (laughs) It's not like, you know, oh, I'm going to use my net. Done. It's always like, you know, oh, this one doesn't like the net. I need to use this trap. But if it sees me, it runs away. So I have to hide in this bush. And I need to make sure it, it's on the right path, activate the trap at the right moment, and then catch it. So it's like a first-person pe- like puzzle platformer. It's so unique. And honestly, in the industry that kind of like keeps cranking you know, the same generic you know, brown shooters or I don't, I don't know anymore, yeah. it, it's nice to see a game that's unabashedly colorful and fun. So it sounds like it shouldn't be on this list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying it should be much higher on the list, honestly. The thing with Bugs- No, the thing with Bugsnax is that it's the kind of game that when critics reviewed it, they kind of gave it like, you know, more like average, go like seven or eight, because some of the gameplay stuff admittedly isn't as polished, but the narrative is actually what really makes it stand out. And I still remember like stuff that happened in this game way past, you know, the credit sequence. Gotcha. And I know Jim is not exactly the person who likes, you know, stories <laughs> in terms of like, you know, sitting. He'll never it. play it. <laughs> no, no, but that's what I'm saying. The story is actually well told and like it's funny from the get go, so you never get bored. I get bored easily, but it hooks you right away. Uh-huh. And it usually doesn't happen too often. And if I say that Mr. Limited ADD says that, <laughs> trust me, it's a high recommendation. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. No, I do hope to get a PS5 eventually, so man, maybe I yeah. actually will dip my toe in. Actually, because I think Brian will hate it more because he'll be like, you have all these games on PS5 and you're playing Bug Snacks? I'll be like, yeah, it's fucking great! Yeah. It's that been that's probably how it's going to happen. I know it's that's how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I can blame Blade. So number 49, No Man's Sky, which no, came from 2018. Came 2018. I don't care. I did the update. I did it. I know it. it updated a lot of things. It's fucking 2018. No, you can't be on 2020 list. It's kind of a cheat. But, you know, I will say this. Good for Hello Games for, you know, revamping their game. They stuck to it. And making it a success despite its terrible launch. Yep. And and here's the thing. A lot of the stuff is for free. Like, they didn't charge extra for people, you know, for all Mm -hmm. different upgrades they did. So good on them, you know? Yeah, definitely. I wish more people followed their footsteps. And you know what? That's the best kind of redemption story in the industry. So I just want to... Yeah, no, I, I like it that. Don't be on my list. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, but I, I want to give some respect. <laughs> I gotcha. Number yeah. forty-eight, Helltaker, which is apparently an hour-long demon girl puzzle game on Steam. Never heard of it. I don't yeah, know. I actually haven't heard of it too. And it's fine that the article itself doesn't even have a picture, so it's like, nope. uh, like okay. Um, I didn't even think I've seen like you know big publications like IGN or GameSpot even talk about it. So I'm like stumped for once <laughs> this is very polygon with their 
personality and being cute with it. The monocle on top hat, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so next up is why Brian's already angry. So as he rages about this for a little bit, I'm going to get another beer. Number 47, Doom Eternal. <clears throat> All right. So here's the deal. <laughs> Doom 2016 was the best modern FPS single player campaign in a long time. Doom Eternal did everything that Doom 2016 did, made it much better, really flushed out the story, made it even more interesting, and therefore it that became the best FPS um, campaign. And the fact that it's 47 on this list is... I, I can already tell, like, when I saw that, I was like, okay, these people clearly hate shooters, and they have just an issue with that style of game. Because it's fast, it's fun, it's phonetic, and it just... The gameplay is on point. There is a story there. No excuse why it's that high. Or this low, I mean, on the yeah. list. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, for me, I I enjoyed Doom 2016. I thought it was basically kind of a return to form for that franchise. Because mm -hmm. I heard a lot of people didn't really like Doom 3 so much. With its more emphasis on, like, you know, horror elements. Yeah. yeah. Um, Eternal was, was a really pleasant surprise because I I personally, I grew up on platformers. I love jumping around. And the emphasis on, like, platforming, exploration, and, like, doing the climbing, I don't get why people complain that was awkward to me. That was, like, the best way to break off, you know, those, like, crazy, like, rooms filled of demons, you know? You have to have, like, some break in the action. And I thought the platforming was excellent. Um, yeah. The main argument i heard against eternal is the idea that ammo depletes much faster so you have to rely on using your chainsaw more and yeah i get that sometimes you know it's kind of annoying that you have no ammo and there's no like you know a peon that's like running around that you can use a chainsaw because you're stuck with a big enemy so that yeah. i can kind of agree on but it to me it's not even enough to really duck the game i think the level design is more varied than what 2016 was um, I enjoyed the weapons better. I mean, like, there's no pistol. Like, I thought the pistol was useless in 2016. Like, Pretty they much. just gave you the shot. They gave you a shotgun. Like, that's all you need to start with. That's yeah. That's... They're, they're like, stop fucking around. Just move like, the like, shotgun. Just give me the, the best, like, the coolest weapon first. Like, there we go. And it's fun to upgrade the weapons. The fact that the <laughs> the fact that Doomslayer guy has like his own like spaceman cave. I mean, that's mm -hmm. pretty fucking awesome. I mean. It's a, it, here's the thing. The game hits like retro sensibilities. Like it has levels, it's linear, and you know what? And it, uh, like the linear levels have uh, like exploration elements, but it's very arcadey. And you know what? I, I miss games that have an arcadey progression and don't have to be open world, you know? Yep. Like sometimes I just like to go from like point A to B. Sometimes I just want to destroy demons and rip their eyes apart, you know? I just want to be a normal person. Exactly. <laughs> once again, it's terribly placed on this list. Yeah, it's it's easily the best shooter of 2020, in my opinion. Easily. Yeah. There's, not, there's not even a contest. <laughs> Definitely. Well, next up, the natural progression as we go to Super Mega Baseball 3. What? That sounds to me like a Power Rangers like title. I didn't play it. I looked at looked it up though. It is. It looks like a goofy. Remember when uh, WWE did that? Uh, Battlegrounds. Battlegrounds. That yeah. was this year. Battlegrounds, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, was it this year? 
It was, it was 2020, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, like 2020, sorry. Yeah. Same exact style as that, like with the way the graphics look and kind of that goofiness. Haven't played it, but honestly, I've had zero interest in playing any modern baseball games because they're all, you know, obviously just simulators. Yeah. This would be one that if I was going to play, I would probably play because it looks arcadey. But haven't played it. Um, I do I, like I, that they would throw something like this on here. I don't know if I agree that's better than goddamn Doom, but uh, yeah. That's going to be a theme, like, throughout It's going to be a very big theme with me. It's like, yeah, I guess, but it's not as better than Doom Eternal. Like, we're going to say this a lot. Doom is my standard. Let's put it that way. That's my going to call back when we hit a game and I'm like, cool. Should be higher than Doom Eternal. (laughs) This was how all the games of the decade, Brian was like, it's not better than Skyrim. Like, this is Doom Eternal is going to be that for him with this list. For me, it's going to be like, you know, PT again. Yeah. yeah, don't even get me started. Uh, All right. Speaking of gimmicky, hey, you know, here's a controversial opinion right here. I like the maiden demo more than PT. Boom. The 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 what? The maiden like Resident Evil Eight demo. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. I didn't enjoy PT that much. Like honestly, but okay. Well, had PT had a big titty vampire, you might have changed your mind. Hey, that's why Capcom, you know, they know how to cater to me. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Milkers make everything better. Damn it. Speaking of a game they can use some, number 45, <laughs> Mario Kart Live's Home Circuit. There's kids in their Mario Karts, man. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love, love me some Mario Kart, but, like, the idea of, like, an augmented reality one, you have to, like, I hear the biggest thing is having a space in your house to actually be able to yes. set it up. Because can you imagine, like, you know, people, like, you know, like maybe younger than us, like you know, twenties, like when they have like their own small rooms in an apartment, they cannot set up anything like this. It's like yeah. the same thing; they cannot set up, you know, their own like you know VR, you know, area to play, you know, the quest or something like that. Or yeah, so like, know, it's a cool idea, but <laughs> cool idea, cool. but it's like too much of a gimmick almost for me to say it should be on here. But people who can play it, I hear they say it's fun as hell. Some people are yeah. say it's their favorite Mario Kart now. You know what? I, I give this game credit for one reason. Like, it's it's leading us towards something that I think a lot of games will start utilizing much more. Um, I think it's a little bit of ahead of its time. It's like just doing it a little too early till they can really yeah. perfect the augmented reality. I'd be fine with this being in number 50 spot. Like, as a kind of a, hey, this should be recognized one way or another. Kind of like a tip of the hat. So, like, you know, good job for trying something. Exactly. I mean, you didn't need to have, uh, uh, what you called, as much as I love it, you didn't need to have No Man's Sky. You could have bumped that, pushed this up to 50, and I would be cool with that. Yeah, well, there's some other stuff that they should have actually put in their top 50, but I'm not even going to (laughs) digress. Oh, we'll get there. Uh, Yeah, we'll get there. (laughs) So um, I'll just say very quickly about it. Um, I I just think it's a really cool idea, even though, like, in terms of, like, features, it's kind of uh, bare bones. I heard, like, there's not really many unlockables and stuff to do. But again, for a brand new idea, and considering the fact that Nintendo didn't really have like a really great 2020, I guess that's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Chambers. Number 44, Creeks. What? Some puzzle game. Another one of those like hoity-toity stuff that I barely heard about. It, it's and on every, that, it's on everything, but I mean, yeah, I've never heard of it. Anything about it? No picture. It's on everything, but we heard nothing. Yeah. Again, the the, uh, the personality shines on this list. It got it got polygoned. So moving on to something people have heard oh, of. Oh, wait, before Go you on. say that, we also have to emphasize. Apparently, it's better than Doom Eternal. 
<laughs> that, I'm I'm reserving that that uh that level with games that really we like Creek isn't even a game that we should even mention. It's like no, I'm not even. I know, but I'm trying to start a drinking game. Over I'll, I'll trust me. If this was next week, I'd already be way drunk. <laughs> oh, we have Jim for that part at least. Yep, true. I'm doing my part. Next up, okay. Call of Duty Warzone. It had to be on this list. I think just for the fact that it is now the most popular uh, Battle, Battle Royale. Royale style game and the fact that it's free and the fact that it it is now being incorporated into another company's Call of Duty game and they made sure to do something to tie it back, which Call of Duty, if you know Infinity Ward Activision, they don't always play nice together. This was This is showing how impactful that Warzone mode is. And everyone who plays it gets completely obsessed with it. Uh, it should be higher for just cultural impact alone. And yeah. the gameplay, if you like, if you like Call of Duty and you do like uh, any kind of multiplayer, Warzone battle royale, battle royale style game, it's the best one out there right now. So it's just, once again, as we could tell from the Doom, it should they don't like first person shooters. So. Not shocked by its position, but it should be much higher. Yeah, that was the only game that my neighbor played, like, and that's he that got him through freaking quarantine. So, mm-hmm. and all right, next up, number forty-two, Yakuza Like a Dragon. I hear nothing but love from what I'm hearing. It's like they turned it into a turn-based RPG, but it still worked incredibly well. Apparently, it's one of the highest-rated games in the series so far, which is pretty cool and. It's probably my biggest miss of 2020. I wish I played it, but honestly, I'm waiting for the PS5 version, which is coming out in March. So, oh, yeah, might as well wait. Yeah. yeah, might as well. That's what I was thinking. And um, the only Yakuza game I played like extensively is Zero, and Zero is fantastic. So, yeah, the um, Yakuza games are great. I didn't play this one either, but it's uh, it's one that like I'm fine with it being on the list. And yeah. just because I didn't play it myself, I don't know if it should have been higher. But like you said, I've always had a lot of fun with them. So, like yeah. looking at videos and stuff, it looks like super fun, super irreverent. Like it doesn't take itself too seriously with its like combat mechanics and like special moves. And you know what? I I, I can commend the game for you know poking fun at itself, you know, with its humor and all that. I um. I, I, I think also a lot of the Yakuza games now are available on, like, uh, Game Pass. Xbox, I th- Game Pass, yeah. Yeah, I think they just released... I know I'm dating this video a little bit, but as of, like, the last week of January 2021, they just released, like, 3, 4, and 5 mm-hmm. on Game Pass, they so that's did. pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, but yeah. definitely, I, I'm just going to say this for people who don't know much about Yakuza. Just play Zero. Like, that's probably the best spot to start. And Zero is considered, like, one of the best games of the franchise, too, so you'll be starting pretty high. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Next up, number 41, In Other Waters. What? <laughs> Dude. Yeah, it's, it's another one of those that don't. I, it's like last year we had like Outer Wilds and Outer Walls, and they're like, we can do a game with a similar title. So, Other Waters to make it even more confusing. <sighs> I, I'm not even going to. I've looked into what this is, and I'm just going to say, let's move on. All right. Next up. Oh, what the fuck? That, those are the graphics for it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, no. This is for the next one. The next uh, one. Wide right. Ocean. Big Jacket. 
What? Why, why does it sound like an advice that Mr. Miyagi would give Danielle-san? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Did you have to do the accent, too? What? <laughs> but um, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> this looks identical to one of the games that they put on the list, like, super high last year, and it's killing me. I can't remember. Uh, once again, it's Polygon. But it hits so many that. emotional notes in a way that feels succinct and perfected. With its warmth and awkward hilarity, with heartbreaking sadness and relief. Oh, they also doesn't sound they, fun. Oh, it's a mobile game too. It's a mobile game. It's a okay, short story and only a few hours. Like they, these people clearly love their very short, artsy style games, and that's what this one looks like. And I get the mobile market is also like a very big market. It's like fifty percent of gaming right now, in terms of like how much revenue it gets, especially like in like Japan, for example. Oh yeah. I'm not into it. It's yeah. not my scene. I respect it, but it's just not my preferred method yeah. of game. Yeah. If Polygon likes their old, their artsy fartsy indie games, they also like their games from ten years ago because fucking League of Legends is at number thirty-nine. Dude, I, 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 can I recite the first line of this? It's like, um, please do. Seems surprising to see a game originally released in two thousand and nine on a list of twenty twenty's best. Yeah, that's it. That's all you have that's to it. say. Yeah, that's it. Just no. Done. Right. Like At that oh, point, no. then, why don't we just fucking put Super Mario Brothers? Because you can play different <laughs> versions of it. Because kids are discovering it today. Like, what the fuck is the point of this list? I don't care even if the servers are are active. Like, like was don't... there a new, like, expansion pack coming? I don't even think that came out. At least if they no. mentioned, like, World of Warcraft, I would have given them some credit, you know, because there was an expansion pack. But, you know... <laughs> No, I can't give them any passes. This is ridiculous. And Austin Goslin, if that's who you are who wrote it, shame on you. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Number 38, Arknights. Okay, I literally see the first one after playing dozens of mobile RPGs. With gotcha. Go. <laughs> yep, another, like, okay, clearly someone's very... Jul Julia Lee, who's already put a couple on here that I haven't had an issue with. Another one. Right, another didn't, one. didn't everyone get mad at that... Uh... <laughs> that best games for woman article, and when half of them were about cooking in mobile games. Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, at number thirty-seven, Desperados Three. I don't uh, know what this is. I don't know. Uh, Tactical stealth. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what I think. It's supposed to be kind of like XCOM-ish. No, I think I'm thinking of Wasteland Three actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about that one actually either. If I'm being honest, um, but. It, I mean, it, it's a cool-looking game, but it's... Think, like, Diablo, but... Okay. Set in the West, and you're... Oh, like, you're, isometric... Uh, isometric, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that could be cool. It, um, sh maybe it's good. kind of cool. I, I just wish I had more about... See, this at least is a game where I could maybe give some credence based on some of the stuff I've seen about it, where I'm like, okay, maybe this should be on the list. You know, I, honestly, I don't mind that there's, like, mobile games. I just... I, I, it's more of the fact I mind the fact there's... Like, I think mobile games should be kind of separate because they have different, you know... Criteria. Um, design, you know. design document in mind. Yeah, they cannot have the same, you know, budget like AAA games do. It's not like, you know, you can run something like Doom Eternal on, like, a Galaxy phone. So. Exactly. I just don't think it's kind of fair. But then again, you know, you also have indie games that don't have similar budget. But on the other hand, indie games can have, like, you know, length. They They can actually, you know be like depth and story and all that yeah mm -hmm. whereas like a like a mobile game it, here's the thing you can play an indie game 
in a AAA game on that same kind of controller, you can't really do it, you know, with a cell phone. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The inputs are just different. Exactly. So unless you have, like, a god-tier, like, puzzle game. Yeah. We all know what we're saying. Next up, oh, number 36. Paradise Killer. Another one Jim, I didn't hear of. I'll tell you right now, this is a game I, I'm fully expecting you to one day be like, I picked up Paradise Killer. It, it, Murder mystery? Kind of anime style. Not really anime, but cartoon styled hot women on an island, and it's a murder mystery. <laughs> See, Bri, you could have just said it's a murder mystery. I wouldn't have been interested. <laughs> but with your first part of that description. <laughs> this, this, oh, it's on the Switch. Well, I know what I'm downloading after I, this. This is a game I absolutely know Jim will play. And Jim being Jim, it's got charm. It's fun. It's. Uh, that's gonna be the full review. <laughs> Does it have vampire mommy milkers? That's the real question. I don't question. think so. <laughs> All right. it, it looks kind of cool. I've seen like a bunch of like screenshots of it. Um, uh, it looks really nice. Um, maybe I know it's funny because I'm an anime guy, but for some reason, like it doesn't attract me right away. Maybe yeah. the, you know vampire mommies there too in order to grab. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say? You know what I'm gonna say at this moment? Is it better than Doom? We know the goddamn answer. You know, in this case, it's hard for me to say because I didn't play it, so I, I wouldn't say it's like fair. I'd but say I it. <laughs> then you can you can say it. I can me. say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, let's move to the next. I guess. Yeah, yeah number I, thir- number thirty five is at least a game people have heard of. Dirt five. Because because there were like four dirts beforehand at least. So. <laughs> exactly. Right. Lots yeah, of dirt was, in this world. It was at least a series that people like. I've never played any of the dirt games, but. I haven't played racing games in ages, so. No, Dirt Dirt's always a great series, and and part of the fun is, you know, it's different than a typical racer because you're it's a rally race, and if you do like that style, it makes sense why it's on the list because this one is one of the better received of the Dirt series, so makes sense on this list. I'm just gonna say it, not better than Doom. I did was... it. Sorry, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go on. No, you go. No, I, I was just saying, you know, to me, um, it's kind of a game that also came out at the right time with, like, the next-gen consoles coming mm-hmm. out. And a lot of the buzz about it, too, is that how it managed to break the barrier of 60 FPS. Apparently, it supports 120 hertz Damn, to those yeah. who are actually lucky enough to have, like, you know, a monitor slash TV that even supports those resolutions. Yeah, most know? people can't even, don't even have the right hardware. Most to people don't have it. the console, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean... <laughs> But it's also the kind of game. It's like I don't know. I'm kind of I, if the game is like available on like PS Plus or something like that. I would I would download it and definitely give it a shot. If it's on something I'm gonna go yeah. out and seek. No, and this exactly. is probably and it's probably one of the last hurrahs for Codemasters because didn't they just get bought out? I think so, right? And it was by someone that people hate too, and I forget who the fuck did it. I don't I, know. I forget if it was that. like EA or Microsoft or someone bought Codemasters uh, and people were pissed. Because Codemasters has been around for 40 years. Like, they've yeah. been making titles forever. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Where would Dizzy go now? Shut up, Jim. <laughs> Stupid egg. Stupid Brits. Next up, 34. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. <laughs> yep, should be here. Nope, should be here. And I'm kind of, I'm okay with the placement, too. So, I guess you did okay. Who wrote that one? Samet Sarker. Good job. <laughs> I have nothing to add. But number 33, Paper Mario, the Origami King. I'm surprised because most people I saw were, like, kind of disappointed by it. 
damn it. What? <laughs> Blade. Oh, I didn't have the camera on me. Or... <laughs> you know, it's really hard hating an origami king, and people are like, oh, you only like Thousand Year Doors, so that's the reason why you hate it. No. Yeah, okay. Do you remember what I was saying earlier about Bugsnax, about a game gripping you from the very beginning with well-done yes. characters, fantastic acting? Mario, like, Origami King is the exact opposite. If you get bored <laughs> from a game that just, like, you know, rambles around text and spends, like, about 40 minutes explaining its battle mechanics, if you can even call that, it's just like a puzzle minigame, you're not going to like it. And apparently people say, oh, but it gets better after the second. No, it should not get better after so-and-so. It should get great from the beginning. Mm -hmm. and, I agree. And people, I mean, people who love that game, and I've seen a bunch of people, you know, don't stop raving about it and enjoying, like, some of the more open areas of that game. That's good for them. But the battle system didn't grab me. The writing is funny, but unfortunately, it's it's marred by just a lot of, you know, walls of text that I just don't really care about. It just, everything just moves really slow and meandering and I don't know, maybe this game is what officially kind of like killed my joy when it comes to Paper Mario. I, I, I It's not like I'm looking forward for them to do like another thousand year door like yeah. turn-based RPG again. It's more the fact that I just don't well, care. It's weird that it's a game with turn-based battles, but, like, no, like, RPG, like, progression system and stuff, too, right? There, there's no point. Like, the battles essentially have no point, because only, the only thing you really get from them is, like, coins for, like, to buy some stuff from, like, a shop. But even then, it's not exactly necessary, because you can heal pretty fast. So, I, I don't know. To me... This is just Polygon. They gotta have a Mario is, game higher they, on the I, list. It's I not mean, honestly, on there for any other reason. If I'm being honest, this might be my biggest disappointment of last year. I was, it's not like I was really looking forward to it, for that game to be amazing, but I wasn't expected to be as underwhelmed by it as I was. And that to me just makes me sad. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. But it is better than Doom. F. We can all agree on that. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next up at number 32, The Solitaire Conspiracy. And that is also better than Doom, apparently. <laughs> well, it's by on. the people who made Thomas Was Alone in volume. I just... Okay. Um, that's, okay it, it's it. an overarching spy plot that strings together. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know, but every time someone says Thomas Was Alone, I'm thinking of the tank engine just like in a dog <laughs> corridor. <laughs> there Poor two, Thomas. There four, there six, there eight. <laughs> do, 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 Thomas do, was do, by himself. Do, do. <laughs> Gordon wasn't his friend anymore. <sighs> well, this Aww. one, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one, Blade, because we talked a little bit about it. Yeah, 31, Ghost of Shishima. Ah! Uh, oh, there it is. Why? Uh, 31? Look, can you remove the three from there, and then we're going to have, like, a... <laughs> Look, it was barely better than the Solitaire game thingy. <laughs> yeah. And that means well, there's 30 games much better than it, duh. Well, I mean, here's the thing about Ghost, is the fact that when it first came out, a lot of people basically call it sort of like an Assassin's Creed game in Japan. So they kind of reviewed it kind of like an Assassin's Creed game. But in terms of like, you know, like, oh, it's like a 7-8 sort of like game, you know, it doesn't do anything special. It's kind of like, you know, traditional like open world adventure game, like action adventure game. Um, here's the thing. Maybe it doesn't do anything to reinvent the wheel, but why does the wheel have to be reinvented all the time? Why can we not have a game that just, you know, looks really good and plays very well 
and does everything that it sets out to do right. Because it's not artsy enough. God exactly. damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not an hour-long puzzle game with cute graphics. Come on, duh. I mean, it's the kind of game that actually really makes you appreciate the hard work that all the graphic designers put into it because... You played. You you both played your fair share of open world games. Right. So you know whenever you know you have to look for the next checkpoint, you have like all those like little like pointers and like a mini map and stuff like that. Ghost gets rid of all of that, and the only thing that really helps you go to your next destination is the wind, and the fact that you can see the wind blowing to your next destination. You see like each individual like blade of grass or flower literally being blown to the, mm. the direction you have to go to really makes you appreciate the artistry behind it. I don't think I've used a photo mode in a game as much as I have with Ghost. It's beautiful beyond belief. Like, it's so beautiful that people in Japan are upset that they wish they made it. <laughs> that's how good it is. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. No, um, joking aside, it's the third game ever from Famitsu that got a perfect score. Like for a Western release, yeah. After I believe uh, Skyrim and GTA Five, I want to say. So, I and, I, and I know, do think it should be higher on this list as well. I, I support you with that. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing, and this is a kind of thing I'm going to talk about, like in my own video. But I'm so glad Sucker Punch got a win because I think to me they're usually kind of like in the shadow of Naughty Dog and Insomniac, as like you know the companies who made like the platformers like Sly Cooper. And Ratchet and Jack and Dexter and all that stuff. Like Sly usually been like more in the shadow. And Infamous was kind of behind, you know, um, Uncharted and Resistance and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I'm so happy that Sucker Punch got a hit. And it's a really good game. It sold very well. And I'm just happy for them. Like they deserve yeah. a win. No, absolutely. Yep. Number 30, Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Talking about games that, like, are also rated so low. Like, what the heck? Here's yeah. a game. Yeah, Ori, that... I love the Ori games. I'll say that. And I haven't been able to play this one. But I get why this is on this list. I, I probably should be higher. I mean, it's clearly better than Ghost of Tsushima. But no. And Doom. <laughs> but no, I mean, at the end of the day, I, this is one I completely agree should be on the list. But I do think yeah. it should be higher. Well, I mean, it, it, I was kind of thinking of like what Jim was talking earlier about Shantae in particular. Like, it's it's you know it's a Metroidvania like an open like platformer exploration sort of game. But the thing about Ori's that yes, it kind of starts slow, but in in Ori's case, it starts slow because there's no dialogue. It tells all of its storytelling, you know, with minimalistic you know approach. Like, there's no dialogue. It's all how the characters emote. It's very effective, like, you know, I'm going to give this game a huge comment. It's like the first 10 minutes of Up. And no one is oh. ever going to say anything bad about the first 10 minutes of Up. I'm not going to spoil that, obviously. I know the movie's 10 years old, but I bet some of you guys are probably don't know what I'm talking about. But the fact, <laughs> here's the best credit I can give Ori. Like, yeah, the combat is much better than first. It looks amazing. And, and the platforming is sublime. But the one thing I'll definitely say, it made me cry. And games usually don't do that. That alone deserves credit. Yeah, I've always heard nothing but great things about it. So yeah, the first game, the first game never really caused any emotion to me, but they cracked like you know they managed to crank the storytelling level, like the storytelling to a whole new level. I don't know how they managed to do it, but I was genuinely teared up 
with a game that barely has any dialogue in it. And I think to me, I, I really admire the show don't tell mentality. You don't have to basically have a character saying, I am very sad. Feel sad for me. I don't need to be told that. I can actually yeah. see how character acts. Yeah, like the last game that hit that for me was like Celeste. So like when That's you have stuff example. like that, yeah. That's um, you know what? I'll, I'll say you this. You like Celeste, you love Ori and the Will okay. of the Wind. Yep. Yeah. Right, I would, on that. And you know what? I mean, I, I'm going to make fun of like, you know, the Series X and how I barely played it when I got that console. But I will say this. Ori definitely made me feel happy that I got a Series X because playing that game in 4K resolution and everything, I mean, and just to experience this like beautiful like masterpiece like picture in motion was worth the price of admission alone. So yeah. good on you. Um, or it's, it's for a small, such a small development studio making something so beautiful. I, I wish it was higher, but sure, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, I mean, it's not a it's not a Picross game that you get at number twenty nine with Murder by Numbers. Dude, it's so ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> here's the deal. I I do believe there's gamers are varied. We get it, and puzzle games have their place. Jim's yes, a huge puzzle game. Like, I'm fine with that. But like, unless you completely revolutionize gaming, which we goddamn know Murder by Numbers did not in 2020, you're putting it above games that, as you just described have emotions are beautiful to look at are some of the f- most fun fps's out there come on man like don't j- stop trying to make your pick like this screams you're just trying to m- get unique picks you're not trying to actually give real what's the best games like getting a rise yeah and yeah. i remember n- uh, murder my numbers actually getting decent reviews so i can kind of understand its placement but and, and there are rooms actually for good puzzle games i mean i mentioned buck snacks earlier I mean, that's kind of a puzzle game. And there's also The Witness from a few years back, and that game was critically acclaimed. And I think it sold pretty well, too. And The Witness is literally a game when you move from one point of a puzzle to another point, like, in a maze. I mean, that's all the gameplay is. And for some reason, you managed to elevate it to, like, monumental levels that the whole world becomes a puzzle. Yeah. Um, is crazy. I mean... I think it still deserves to be on the list, just maybe not about some of the other stuff we mentioned yeah, earlier. Exactly. But, uh... <laughs> As I'm saying, it has a place, and that's called 41 to 50. It's you know, it may, no, it actually, it may have a place, you know, in the 21 to 30s. It's just the other games we mentioned should be higher than it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, this next one should well, even... See, Brian, the problem with Doom Eternal was that it was a full game and not an expansion pack, because number 28 is Destiny 2 Beyond Light. <sighs> Once again, a game that came out in 2017, you're just talking about goddamn DLC for it. Doesn't count. I'm sorry. Like, and no DLC. Like, I'm, I've said many times, I think proper DLC can extend the life of the game. But when you're doing lists, you got to give credit to the new releases, not just yeah. DLC. Make a list of top 20 DLCs, and I'd be fine. You know, there you go. Don't do it for brand new releases. I hate it. Next. <laughs> Next up, number 27, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. I, I do agree with this being on the list. I yeah, I haven't played it, but I played the first Hyrule Warriors and absolutely loved it. So, prequel to Breath of the Wild. It should be on the list, I'm sure. Um, I didn't get around to it, but I'm sure it's good. Uh, are you guys into the Musou stuff yourselves? I'm not like a huge Warriors. fan. Like, 
I was. I have to. I, I, I have to care about the license. Yeah. See, I actually, the reason why I love Hyrule Warriors is because I was a huge Dynasty Warriors. I got it by accident, and <clears throat> it was kind of, I think it was, if I believe correctly, it was kind of inspired by, like, the Total War style games when they did Total War Spartan, and then mm-hmm. they, and the Dynasty Warrior, just the idea, like, I'm obsessed with, like, being able to, like, see a larger view of an army zooming in, taking control, mm-hmm. and beating waves of people. So that concept drew me in right away. I had no connection to the characters, the, to the franchise itself, because I got like Dynasty Warriors Extreme Legends as my first. What's game. what's a Lubu? What's a what? What's a Lubu? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't know what the hell. I was like, this guy just Pokemon. looks. I was like, he looks cool, or like you know whatever. Um, so yeah. I've- Give like um, what's his name Dan from Console Wars so much flack for like following <laughs> the series, no matter how much it sometimes just goes downhill. <laughs> yeah, I. But here's the deal: I th- I wish more games would do it, and I, I think uh, Legend of Zelda was very smart for doing that. Yeah, yeah. That, that I will give Hyrule Warriors is that they're they're imbuing obviously the the Zelda mythos into it, which definitely helped sales for sure, but also treats it with respect, like of the cast of characters they bring in mm-hmm. and the idea of making it like a prequel to the events that led up to Breath of the Wild is also a pretty genius idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's easy to like, it, like you can't just slap like a license on there and make it good. Cause when I got my switch, I got fire emblem heroes with it, which is the same thing with fire emblem characters. And I was just bored off my ass with it. Like yeah. something about it just did not click. So, and I'm not I even think... like I'm not a huge Legend of Zelda fan either. Like I like Zelda, but like it's not enough to keep me invested in a game where Hyrule Warriors was. Like it just had that balance to it. Yeah, Fire Emblem Warriors also kind of dropped off of it. Like after the first hour or two, and I'm actually a big Fire Emblem guy. So the fact that I didn't like gravitate towards it is kind of sad. But you know, yeah. But Those no, games are kind of hit and miss, the Warrior stuff, but I'm yeah. glad at least the Zelda stuff is going well. Yeah, Exactly. So, number 26. One I'm glad to see on here. I would have put it higher. Streets of Rage 4. That game should go straight to the top. Goddamn right. No, it definitely deserves a higher <laughs> spot. I think at minimum it should be in the top 15. Like, it, yeah. It's not having played all the beat-em-ups. It's the best one of the year, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's a return to form. Like you said, it's nice going back and getting an arcade-style game that you don't really worry about other stuff. Better than Paprium? (laughs) I am glad... Oh, man, I'm glad I did not pre-order that shit. Either back in the day or now. I feel bad for the suckers who are going for it now, being like, oh, it looks cool, and paying 130 bucks for it. Like, fuck that. Uh, well, watch, watch this going to be like a, like a next-gen release on like PSN and like Xbox Store. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked to see it get a, you know, enough people to get on it. Yeah, I mean, just Pure, like Pure, Pure Solar, Solar never did. Well, yeah, Pure exactly. Solar did get ported, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yes. I That's have it right. On. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, fuck that. If I ever want to play it, I'll pay five bucks on Switch to play it. I'm not paying for... An overpriced Genesis game. Uh, here's my hot take regarding like Streets of Rage in general. The first game is my favorite game of the series, and I know usually people say two because um, it's better. Two is two is better, but one one's fantastic. I love one. no one. It, one is damn. Good. I'll say why I have a slight preference to one over two. I never really like the fact that uh, using the special moves took a lot of the health of your bar and i know why they did it they didn't want people to just use special moves spam. all the time and spam them right so there had to be like a risk reward system to it but 
I felt that the game was really hard as is, so you sometimes needed to rely on those special moves. So to me, like, the repertoire of the characters wasn't really as deep as it could have been compared to, like, said, at least in Streets of Rage 1, you had, like, the cops, like, shooting a bazooka all the way up an elevator at the very least to help you out. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I like about 4 is the fact that you can use special moves. It does take your health, but if you're good enough and don't get hit get and, you know, you pull off a combo, yeah. you can actually regain on health back. That's a really clever, like, modern way to upgrade the system from the old Genesis days. So it plays like a Genesis game, which is, of course, two giant thumbs up for me, but it also elevates and managed to do something new that is really subtle, but incredibly clever. Yeah. yeah and I've yeah. said many times that game, the one miss it had is the soundtrack was didn't live up the par of the, the old games. I'll say it's better than three. I thought three. Well, everything's better than three. Three. The was soundtrack the was three. Shows. I don't know what happened to Yuzu Koshiro there. Was he, like, drunk or something? He just started pressing all the shit together at the same time. It was experimental. Yeah. It was yeah. impressive. And you know what, Jim? It sucked. <laughs> just trying something new doesn't make it be- make it good, Jim. Look, Brian, that oh, goddamn disco. Suck. The disco song should have been on our top ten list. No, I will go to my have. grave. The disco song should have been there. Yes. If anything, they should just told him, uh, Koshiro-san, just make go straight. For like every yeah. level in Streets of Rage three, and that would be better. See, Jim is the person on this list that would add like a goofy puzzle game as number five. He's like, it's charming, isn't it? And everyone's like, what are you talking about? That's terrible. Look, I'm just mad. Wife who uncovered isn't on this list, so that's a crime in itself. You. I'm mad at the next one. So My man. On. Next up, Hard Space Shipbreaker. What? You know what's funny? I, I actually had seen reviews of this many times, especially now that I have, I'm have i using Steam a lot more. Um, I, okay, it may be a fun game, but just listening to what it's about, you, you basically take apart old decaying ships and old technologies. Yeah, okay. So it's not You're a scavenger, essentially. Like, fine, that's a thing. Yeah. Is it better than the games you mentioned so far? <laughs> I'm going to say. Is it better than Doom Eternal? <laughs> no, it's not. Is it better it's than Doom Rage 4? You know what? Number 50, I'm still annoyed about that. <laughs> um, well, it's, the thing is that um, in terms of like, underwater games, like I think Subnautica was also very popular. I know it didn't come out this year, but I barely heard of... Um, I need to actually look at the name. Hard Space Shipbreaker. Exactly. So that tells you something. An impact. I had to literally go back to the page and look at it. <laughs> uh, well, number 24. If you love you some resource management, then you're going to love Spiritfarer, a game about resource management on a ship. Um, You know, it's funny because um, when I usually, you know, do my whole game of the year shtick, I usually like to listen to like a bunch of podcasts and read articles of like people who, you know, talk about the stuff they played and one of my favorite go-to things is to listen to giant bomb because it's a lot of the people i grew up with like old game spot you know jeff gertzman alex navarro and all that stuff and alex navarro in particular is a very like you know indie hoity-toity kind of guy when he doesn't talk so much about like you know uh like mainstream stuff and a bunch of people said how much they like spirit fair because i think the whole concept of that game is um reincarnation like how life begins and restarts and it has like a very emotional story to it for what I've heard. But then literally the first sentence you say, like it's a resource management game. All, yeah. That, that kind of like takes away because the, here's the, that's kind of what I'm talking about a lot of the time. Is, is that, it fun? 
but, but that's like, like why I love Ori so much. You can have a game that's very emotional, but still have fun gameplay attached to it too. Yeah. Why is that difficult sometimes? Because you're not a failed New York Times writer who settled for video games. That's why. And, and you know what? Spiritfarer has a room, and I think it's definitely awesome for like that indie development to make a story that affected a lot of people. It's just not something that I would seek out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, number 23. Speaking of old games, well, kind of a new old game. Demon's I Souls get... Remake. I give this one a pass from the other ones because it it's. I not I, I hear it's much... like a ground up rebuild though. So it like... is. It's not. It's kind yeah. of. I wouldn't say it goes completely as far as like Resident Evil Two remake, but it definitely like like in terms of like Resident Evil Two remake, essentially it's a, a completely different story. experience. I yeah. would say yeah, it... like Twin Snakes is maybe my closest like comparison. That, that's a good comparison. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it retains so... like the same design elements to it, whereas like. Resident Evil 2 Remake does not play at all the same as the no. other Resident Evil 2. So. so this game, I'm fine with it being on the list. Yeah, I'm fine with I, it being there, too. It's kind of, I put it in the same category as Tony Hawk. It's probably in a good like, spot, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I'm, I'm actually okay with the spot. Um, and, and you know what's good on Bluepoint? I think when it comes to remastering and, you know, making, like, all games new again, they're the best in the business. When when the whole trend of like you know HD remasters and definitive editions started, they were the first people to release God of War one and two on PS3, and yeah. everyone else followed suit. And then they did you know the Metal Gear collection that was really good, and I think they also did Eco and Shot of the, Col- Shot of the Colossus yep. collection on PS3. And le- speaking of Shot of the Colossus, they brought it to PS4 and it looks fantastic. So yeah. Whenever they're behind a project, um, all eyes on them. Like they are a master class when it comes to refining. They know how to do it? Yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely. For I sure. haven't had a chance to play Demon Souls because it's funny. Like when it comes to me in the Souls games, I usually play like the non-Souls, like Dark Souls stuff. Like I played Bloodborne, I played Bloodborne, Sekiro, yeah. I played Neo, but I didn't play Dark Souls or Demon Souls, so I need to change that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right, next up, 22. My PS5 somehow, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right? Next up at 22, Star Wars Squadrons, a game I need to get to. This has to be a gym game. It looks really cool. I've never been one into... I'm not a huge, like, space or flying type style. Uh, I love Star Wars lore, but for the life of me, there's only a handful of the games that really grip me. For Jim, this should have been a no-brainer as far as a newer game, and I just told him it is available on the cheap on Xbox. So. I I don't know if I hope it's still on Game Pass. It probably isn't, but if it's cheap on Xbox, I'll doesn't it. Game Pass include the EA Play thing? So it's yeah, part of it. It does. That's what I'm saying. I know it was on there, but I it, you could also at this point because who knows how long it's going to stay. You could just buy it. I think yeah, it's like I think 20, it's 20. twenty some bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jim, that's your that's on you. That's my homework. For me, I, honestly, uh, with, with Squadrons really makes me sad because I bought it and I played the first few hours of it, like the training mission and also a little bit of multiplayer. And I found out that games like this just make me incredibly dizzy, nah, which is it's a, why I don't that, have my VR headset anymore because I get like squinish really fast. And it sucks because I'm seeing like 
all the stuff they did with it. Like, it looks great. Maybe some of the mechanics can be kind of complicated because you have to, like, shift your, like, your shields and your lasers and something. I just want to have It's definitely more, more simulation-y, like the old Yeah, X-Men I series. prefer something yeah. a bit more arcade I like. I'm a big fan of Crimson Skies. Like that's one of my favorite like flying games. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of like what I was hoping for. And I guess it was more sim like for me. I, like yeah. I would love to see another Rogue Squadron or Jedi Starfighter come yes, back. But... Rogue Squadron too, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, I still remember like the good old days of like Rebel Strike for the GameCube coming out, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna include the the predecessor Rogue Leader, the entirety of it on co-op." And I'm like, "I know." Why do so people cool. sing praises to that? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I, it, I, I digress. My point is, is that if you, if if you have motion sickness, do not play this game. That's all I gotta say. Oh, Jim. Well, I'll try it on Game Pass then. I'll try it on Game Pass then. Yeah, that's that's, that's not my recommendation. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good idea. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the heads up. My pleasure. So next up, <coughs> oops, excuse me, uh, Genshin Impact. Yeah. And Breath of the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. That's basically what it is. I, I, I was interested in it because it's like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. I like Breath of the Wild. I like anime. Then I found out it's a gacha game. And that made me kind of sad because I don't want to spend a lot of, like, real-life money to get the one character I want to get. So right. I wanted to just not go for it, but... I hear people are having fun with it, and those who like to spend money on it and are getting their money's worth, because apparently it's still a well-made game, so good on them. I just, I don't, I don't, considering my collection and how much money I only spend on games already, I just would rather not go that path, personally. Um, But but I think, speaking of mobile games, and I think this is also something we have to give Genshin some credit, it's out on, like, PS4, PC, and mobile. And they, it's the exact same game on all three platforms. The fact that a mobile game can run this and the PS4 can also run this and people from different platforms can actually play, like people on the phone can play with people on PS4, I think it's where the future of gaming is going to go because like we said earlier, mobile gaming is getting huge and as much as I don't want to play stuff on mobile, I have to commend like developers of mobile games that are getting closer and closer to the console like pc threshold and yeah manage yeah. to cross that line or who so. just make a game that can make it work i uh, maybe uh, apparently genshin worked apparently it's a success <laughs> good on them but eh, i mean if i want to play breath of the wild i'll play breath of the wild or like phoenix rising or something like that instead right yeah i don't know I, actually i don't for the record i don't know if that game is on the list but uh if it's not i'll give a shout out because that game is actually pretty good <laughs> yeah i hear phoenix rising is good yeah. Next up, uh, the Jackbox Party Pack 7. People love the Jackbox. I mean, I'm kind of okay with it being there. It's like that party game kind of game. I'm not okay with it being 20. Not, not with it being 20. I'll give you that. I, I'm that with Brian. I, this is the kind of thing that it's like, it can be in the list, but is it like number 20? Like, hi. Eh. Now, it, is it, it better it, than Doom? It's derivative. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, now, here's a shocker. So, yeah. for as artsy-fartsy as this list has been... Number 19, The Last of Us Part 2. Let's open a can of worms together. I mean, here's the deal. I think regardless of there's enough praise out there, the criticisms of the game have seemed to be less about the game and more about some of the specifics of the story. That's 
what upsets me personally. It's <laughs> it's torture porn, and Neil Druckmann's a dick, and he's annoying, and you know it, it's all the controversy around the release and everything like that, and all the yeah everything. We, we, we talked about it ad yeah. nauseum. We talked about it for like ten podcasts in a row. So I just put it like this: Hey, if you if there wasn't a shred of coverage and the hype around this game coming out, and someone played this in a vacuum, would you would you say it's a good game? And it's tough to put yourself in that because, as they say, the first line, the game puts you in a bad mood. I am all about games that give you a very unique experience. Whether mm-hmm. it's it's like when you watch certain movies, like there's certain movies you watch and you just don't feel like good, but you know you just watched a good film because you had an emotional response, and that's what we've been talking about. Right. And it can't always be, I oh this made me happy or this made me joyful or sad. Like sometimes like putting you in a negative mood is like it's powerful so i kind of think like it should be commendable and honestly i think it should be maybe at least number 10 I, Though, yeah i think it should be on the list it probably should be higher like like when my when we had a uh, nest friend on like he loved the game even though it was like straight up torture point but he's like the game's so <laughs> fun though so yeah I, I was thinking like we're talking about like movies that cause like an i think like joker that's like the first thing that comes up to mind because I was feeling very uneasy watching Joker from like a couple of years ago, but then I'm realizing like that's kind of what they were going for and just everything around it was well, well made. It's just not a kind of movie I want to like watch again because of those reasons. And, exactly. And, and, and speaking of the last of us too, it's the kind of the problem with the last of us too, with me, it's not story choices. It's not, you know, the ending, it's nothing like that. I think complaining about stuff like that, Honestly, it's kind of juvenile because they like the audience don't like to be like challenged in terms of like you know how a story can change. And I respect the goal that Naughty Dog had to do. My issues is more the fact that the pacing is just sometimes really, really slow in terms of like Last of Us One had moments of levity, like you had characters that you know had different emotions besides of being dreary and depressed the entire time. Ellie would make jokes. Ellie was trying to have fun despite the fact of how terrible the world around her was. So no matter how terrible things were in the first game, you had at least like one voice that basically kept things up. Now that Ellie is older, she's grumpier. Everyone around her is kind of grumpy too. And you have to play through this experience for like like what, 28 hours of like, you know, oh, this world misery. sucks. Misery. <laughs> really sucks, yeah. Let's talk about how much everything sucks. And I'm like... Oh, for the love of God, can, <laughs> I, I get it, all this terrible, but can someone just crack one smile? I mean, there's like one flashback the entire time where characters are happy. And I wish there was like more stuff like that. It's just... But uh, you know what? When it comes to storytelling and PlayStation and, you know, obviously Last of Us, I think, was the gold standard of like what's set as uh, more cinematic and, and getting the story and getting you invested. They're setting you up for what I would think is a triumphant, triumphant, like uh, a third movie, like I, or th- third game. I'm sorry. And like, basically yeah. I think that's where you get your happiness. It's kind of like, you know, in the empire, everything's a little dark for the heroes by the end. And it's like, Oh shit. What's happening. Yeah, but, like, but the thing is that you can still tell a story about a horrific event and still have like, you know, different emotions. Cause you know, sure. 
Ghost of Tsushima is a really good example. It's telling the story. I mean, yeah, a lot of it is fictional, but it's about like a war, like when Mongolians invade and kill a lot of Japanese people and you like ride around with your horse and you see like, you know, corpses that are being on stake, you know, and stuff like that. And it's horrific to see that stuff. But then, you know, you can have a side quest when you're helping, you know, your friend to infiltrate an enemy camp and you have to jump into a sake barrel because that's the only place you can hide, apparently. And you find yourself, oh, wow, the one place they would not search me is a sake barrel. And then you actually go on and, like, stab everyone. So I just want balance. And the problem with The Last of Us, it's funny, too, because Tsushima is a game that's twice as long than The Last of Us Part Two, but I never had a pacing issue with it because it doesn't feel long and drawn out. It, it, that's the problem. You need to have balance. And I think the first game struck it and the second game unfortunately missed the mark. That being said, however, it may it can be higher because I do think the gameplay is actually pretty good. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Number eighteen, game Brian's talked about a lot. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I mean, I'm loving it. I'll be honest. I was not the original Assassin's Creed and those games they didn't draw me in that much. This one I'm really loving. And I find myself the same way this person who reviewed it said at first it feels like, wow, this is such a big game. Like it almost feels overwhelming. And I've checked my time. I'm like 45 hours in and I know I'm not even close to finishing the story. And I don't feel like I did that. Like I, I doesn't feel overwhelming now. I'm like, Oh, it all, it makes, it does make sense. Mm -hmm. And the gameplay, like I just love the complete, you're not just being a stealthy person. Like you kind of, you're all about raiding. You're all about setting up your village. You're all, you're like, they're implementing new things in Assassin's Creed in a way that I like. And if you're a diehard Assassin's Creed fan, maybe it turns you off. Um, but for me, I, I welcome the, the change in pace. Um, you, you know, this game is like, uh, a, a Norwegian goes to Tsushima. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> And that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I will say this. I haven't actually had a chance to play Valhalla yet, but, man, Ubisoft are nuts for releasing, like, that Watch Dogs Legion and Phoenix Rising in the span of, like, three months, like, sort of. It's just kind of crazy to me of, yeah. like, how many, like, open-world stuff they had. And I'm glad at least that apparently Valhalla is one of the better Assassin's Creed games out there because I, I don't like a lot of them. I only like Two yeah, and same. Origins, and that's kind of it for me. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, Assassin's Creed is very, very, very hit or miss. Yeah, and most of it was misses for me. This one's sucked me in pretty decently. So I, I heard from a lot of people who do not like Assassin's Creed saying Valhalla is actually pretty good. So it's kind of one of those games that I'll definitely give a chance to, like, pretty soon, hopefully. Yeah. Right, I, Jim? Yeah. I'll never get into it. <laughs> no, he, he won't. <laughs> He'll never play a single Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. Number Unless seven. it's called Ass Creed. Like, literally just call the next one Ass Creed. <laughs> oh, well, sign me up. <laughs> Number 17, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout. Had I to be on the list. It's because of what a big deal it was in 2020. I think it was, like, the game of, like, August that people were, like, yep. you know. Yeah, July, August, like, the summer. Right, yeah. right before Among Us hit. That was, like, the game. I was about to say, I think the moment Among Us got popular... Fall Guys died. It did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that killed it off completely. Like, I haven't heard anyone touch it or talk about it. <laughs> but I, I respect it because, once again, that's kind of like Pokemon Go in the day. 
It, it was a big thing for a little while. I still play Pokemon Go. I'm level 41. You're that guy, the one. <laughs> hey, I still play I'm too. Still... I'm level 38. I'm still trying to get lucky friends with him so he can give me like a shiny or something. <laughs> We're not lucky. Oh, I, we got to just keep sending gifts in. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll just I know. Keep gifts. I, if you have like a shiny Gibble, I'll be your best friend forever because I want one. So that oh, if, I get, if I get a shiny Gibble, I'm keeping that motherfucker. <laughs> well, if, if you have multiple shiny Gibble, then give me one. Is what I'm saying. Right, well, I have I'll, three, and I'm gonna sell them all to other people. But 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 the, I want to talk about, like like touch upon the whole Fall Guys like Among Us thing because when I first saw Among Us, I was like, is it like a Fall Guy spin? Well, you might have to wait because you might need to save that. Yeah. 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 But, Spoilers. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just I'm just saying like it looked like to me like uh like a Fall Guys spin off, and I haven't played much Fall Guys. I only played it a lot because they released a Sonic skin. And I'm like, crap! I have to get you gotta it. Gotta get it. Yeah. <laughs> and now there's like a Doom skin, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm done. I played my, I played my fill. I got my Sonic skin. I, I, I didn't have space on my uh, hard drive, so I had to delete something. Fall Guys, it, it's good for what it was, but I think I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I done. think the fact they didn't really add any more levels and shit is what also killed it. Once Among Us came out too, like they didn't like bring give you a reason to come back. <laughs> yeah. So number sixteen, Astro's Playroom. Which I believe mm. is the sequel to that VR Astral? Uh, it's only a Astrobot. <laughs> Shut up, people. <laughs> wow. Well, that, no, that's what I, like. people are like, complaining about. Like, you know, oh, it's a tech demo. It's not even a full game. Uh, you get it for free when you buy a PS5. And you're getting a, an amazing platformer for free. When do we get, like, packing games anymore? When was the last time that happened? Wii yeah, Sports? for real. Wii Sports. <laughs> That was like fifteen years ago, almost. Yeah. It's gonna be, and the fact you get like a really good packing games that kind of like celebrate the legacy of PlayStation, it's pretty amazing. Um, does anyone remember PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale? Yes, oh, yeah, underrated game. Yeah. yeah, well, then this game celebrates PlayStation legacy even better. I would say <laughs> yeah. the, the the treasures you find are literally like artifacts of like PlayStation history. Like you know, obviously you find stuff like oh look, it's the PS2, but then you're finding some more weird things like this is the gun attachment to the PlayStation Move for the PS3, yeah. and I'm like, huh, that 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 existed. That's this is a game that has to be on this list, but yes. I look at it, and because it is just so PlayStation-focused, I feel like it should be a little lower on the list. Just for that. Because, once again, as we said, how many people really have a PS5? But As many as should. No, well, it, it, whether you should or shouldn't, I'm just saying, like... When you're talking about best games, how can you have it be a best game? Of but but that's like saying let's rank Smash Brothers lower because it celebrates Nintendo. I think that's exactly why this game should actually be as high because it doesn't actually only celebrate PlayStation; it celebrates it right. Whereas I would argue that PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale kind of botched its landing. Whereas like um, Astro's Playroom, it's like a brisk like five six hours game. Doesn't overstay its welcome, and it's just fun. It's just a yeah. really well-designed platformer. There you go. Let's put it this way: when you guys eventually like get this game, like I know you guys are gonna get a PS5 eventually. Right. Play it, and I want you to go back to me and say you were right. No, you know <laughs> I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna say I'm it gonna is good. Smug as heck. Nope. I do not care. Here's what I'm gonna say: I'm gonna say it's still not better than Doom. 
That is fine, but you will still have a giant smile on your face because of all the little references and stuff they have there. Nice. Like they they reference like oh, so many like obscure like PlayStation to like Tomba. Like who remembers Tomba? It's true, I, except for the PlayStation <laughs> diehards. I know of Tomba, but never played it. So, well, that's the point. Like it celebrates like a lot of the more obscure stuff and the popular stuff. So yeah, so good on them. All right, number 15, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. I heard that game was pretty vanilla. If someone made a perfect spiritual video game adaptation of Lost. Lost fucking sucked. <laughs> Lost had no... It was J.J. Abrams, no direction bullshit. Like, it had some <laughs> cool parts, but, like, it ended disappointing like everything with J.J. Abrams. The only, thi- the only thing that interests me about it is the fact it's by the people who made, like interesting games but very divisive ones like odin sphere muramasa and dragon's crown so yeah that's why my joke earlier when i said this game is very vanilla it's because it's made by vanilla wear that's the name of the developers <laughs> as soon as Woo! you said that i saw i was like you son of a bitch yeah well i'm, I'm glad i managed to get a woo out of that because i uh, uh i don't think those games have been controversial i think they've been like pretty well received they're it's like just, cold hits i get i think with like the mainstream reviews like they're very niche. divided that's the thing yeah. yeah like people don't really like you know it's like well, should i get Madden or muramasa i don't know what a muramasa is football time and like right it's not something that people will go to and um um Sentinel's Rim, like, is even more so obscure because at least with Odin Sphere and Muramasa, you have an action game. This is kind of like a visual novel, tower defense, turn-based strategy game. So its genre repertoire is all over the place, but apparently from what I'm hearing, the story of it might be the best story of any game that came out last year. Like, it's it's called... um, 13 Sentinels is the idea that basically there are 13 protagonists and for some reason the game is managing to tell an asynchronous story between those 13 protagonists. It doesn't all happen chronologically like they kind of like mix the timeline but it all actually makes sense surprisingly. Like you can still follow this story. I don't know. I just I haven't heard a single person say anything bad about it. I haven't played it yet. It's funny because I own it. I got it on sale. But I haven't touched it yet because he knows so much stuff to catch up on. So right, it's on my shame list at the moment. <laughs> All right, before we hit to fourteen, let me go pee real quick. You and well, I'm, I'm the one drinking. Well, I'll. Hey, I am a hardcore you know, drinker Jim, too. You and I both damn well know you didn't play fourteen, so me and him will talk about. It. Okay, so I'll just announce it. So, uh, number fourteen, something I have never touched: Umaragi Generation. Take it away, boys. Okay, you are an Umarangi generation. <laughs> Umarangi. That, sound, that does sound like a Pokemon. Umarangi, it it's you. Well, it's funny you say that because this is basically, it's like Pokemon Go, and as, <laughs> as it's described, it's like a Maori sci-fi world. And it's kind of, it's eerie, because you're taking these photos in this really creepy-looking world. Yeah, and you know there's no dialogue so you're just kind of going with emotions um i i'm i'm fine with it being on a list but once again 14 it is one of the more unique items on this list i'll give it that's the only thing i can give it it's a niche it's a photography game and if you're into photography and messing stuff like aperture and like you know your focal point and all that stuff that 
people who are like hardcore photographers would know. They love it. Yeah. Then that's your kind of game. My extent with photography, honestly, I mean, I have a camera, but I'm a video guy. So for me, it's just pressing record and making sure that everything is in focus and that's it. Yep. Um, I like abusing game mode, like uh, photo modes in games, you know, like Ghost of Tsushima or like Marvel Spider Man, like just mm-hmm. finding, you know, a cool freeze frame. I've done but, that Assassin's Creed Valhalla quite about, a bit. Yeah, I heard Valhalla actually has a pretty decent one too. Yeah. But that that's kind of like it right there. I mean, I, I will say this. I think the game kind of has like a cool like cyberpunk-ish look to it. And I know it's it's really hard talking about cyberpunk without actually thinking of that game. Yeah. But yeah, there are other games out there that have a cyberpunk look that are not made by CD Projekt Red out there. <laughs> Um, yeah. Kind of like, you know, cel-shaded neon sort of thing going on. So it's cool. It, it's a cool look. And it's like I said, that's why I'm saying it, it's unique. I think it does deserve to be on the list. I just want to put a good look. Look <laughs> back. Jim came uh, back from his crusty corner. Yeah. So we were just talking, basically saying how Star Fox 64 is the worst game of all time. Well, that's obvious. Jim, you're <laughs> muted. Oh yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> so yeah, but no, uh, number thirteen is a little more interesting. So Jim, why don't you? Valorant, uh, you know, an online Valor- game. That... Valorant. Is it Valorant? Yeah, it's Valorant. Yeah. Oh, well, it shows what I know. Yeah, Valorant. I mean, it's it's become the more popular. It's like I I, I consider it like the Overwatch. Uh, replacement to a degree. It definitely seemed like it tried to be with all the hype that was around it. Yeah, but it died. I think like it's it not died. As, like it has a community, but it's not as prevalent as like other like shooters out there. It um, had a big I, push. Yeah, like it got a lot of. They clearly put out a lot of money to get a lot of streamers, a lot of YouTubers playing it, and even celebrities. Like I saw people like like playing it that I was like, this is kind of weird. Like these are people. They they invested all this money into getting celebrities and didn't get you guys to play it. What? Right? <laughs> I know that's why they ain't here now. If you it? pay me, I'm gonna say I like it. <laughs> or if you make that explains pay why you like it. me. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. But yeah, it looked. Uh, I'm gonna give it credit. It looked cool, kind of like a lot of those games. But yeah, it just fell into that. Uh, you know. Okay, it'll be that game that like people years later will be like, "Hey, you know what's actually a fun?" I I think of it like Titanfall. Like no, it, everyone who plays Titanfall knows it's a great game, but nobody played it, so that's the problem. And two was excellent as well. Oh, like, two was much that. better, yeah. And that's, but once again, it's like Valorant. They had people playing it. It's fine. But it's gonna die out, unfortunately. Uh, it's like the hero shooter stuff is like slowly waning because. Once Overwatch nailed the formula, I don't think other companies managed to replicate it as well. Right. Someone's got to come along and be like that thing that dethrones it with adding just that other new mechanic. And it wasn't, I mean, it could have been Valorant, but it wasn't. At least it wasn't Battleborn. (laughs) Damn it, Jim. (laughs) Number 12. (laughs) If found. I'm sorry. I don't Uh, want to see a visual novel number 12 on a top <laughs> anything list period but it makes a good case for playing period. the switch docked i said period and nobody cares about the switch docked the only reason the switch is even at half the success it is is because you can use it while you're taking a poop 
That's it. What, what's the claim? I want. I want to hear. Why should I play this docked? <laughs> Apparently, the control, the point-and-click control nature, works something better. When it literally starts it off that it half the article is written about why it's a good case for using a switch docked and using it on a TV. That's literally it. And if that's your argument for why this is such a great game, you ain't. No. Yeah, it's it's like at least if you like try to place a game this high, better than Doom. Argument. Better than Streets of Rage like. Four. <laughs> Last of Us Two. Better than Bug Last of Us Two. Better than Bug Snacks. <laughs> Fucking Bug Snacks. Ghost of Tsushima. Ori. Yeah. Uh, that's that's your number twelve, there, people. The game that uh, makes you go, oh yeah, I should dock my Switch. Blink. Number uh, eleven, Spelunky Two. I hear people absolutely love the first Spelunky. I never got around to it, so I'm assuming this is a good platformer again. I have no... I don't know. It's also kind of a roguelike sort of game. You know, you die and you have to, like, restart and keep, like, over and over, like, try to get dig deeper and stuff like that. The thing about Spelunky, I noticed that, uh, like, only the people who are, like, really, really hardcore into Spelunky don't shut up about Splunky, and everyone else is just like, oh, it exists. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, this has that hardcore niche crowd that when they play it, like the guy who wrote this says he has several hundred hours invested. You're in it, you're, you're completely obsessed, but you're not getting that. It'll pass a lot of people by, and they'll pick it up and be like, yeah. okay, I shouldn't be number 11. Fine with it being on the list, but come on, man. You yeah. know, speaking of number 11, we're actually finally reaching the top 10. <laughs> mm hmm. Yep. Bitch. Oh, I was like, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait a second. Number 10, though. Among Us. Probably the game that benefacted the most from fucking quarantine and COVID. Yeah. And this is the I'll only game on second. the list. Yeah. The only yeah. the only old game that I'm like, okay, that should be on a 2020. Yeah, list. that's exactly. I I this is the only game that's going to make me a hypocrite from what I said earlier because nobody knew about Among Us before this year, or yep. you know last year I should say really. And I gotta say, it's funny. Uh, we talked about like Valorant and these other games that to me came and went. This game is another example. It was crazy huge. Getting people to play a mobile game that, you know, had no interest in gaming. Because the fun isn't about doing the stupid little tasks or anything else. It's literally the psychology of you just trying to convince people you're not a liar or you're a good liar. Like, this... that's really it. You know, I, I actually compare this. I mean, like, a lot of people said board game and stuff like that. And yeah, I get that. But to me... It's like a reality show. Like, you know, like all those shows like Big Brother, Survivor, and stuff like yep. that. Where people basically point. have to lie and use, like, you know, their social skills in order to basically advance in the game. That's pretty much exactly the same thing. And I noticed that a lot of those people who were contestants on those shows actually opened Twitch accounts just to stream Among Us. And... Um, I I forgot her name. I, I, what's her name? The, the politician, like the AOC. Um, yeah, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah, yeah, she streamed it too, and I think that was also like super huge when she did it as well. I mean, it was it was like the third most viewed like single stream of all time or something when she did it. Like it was gigantic. It's nuts. And she had and she had people like Critical and I don't think Ninja, but like she had some big names on there with her too. I I mean I it's just I. I 
Yeah, and honestly, it's the kind of game I think that if you have like a bunch of friends and stuff, I just like to have fun. I mean, yeah, it's great. I, 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 for me, I, I feel terrible because I, I like to pretend that I'm a nice guy and I really, really hate lying because I, I just feel bad. <laughs> like I was actually streaming, like I actually was doing like a stream with a friend of mine who invited me to play. Yeah. And I hate to be the one who basically like, you know, have to lie like, oh, I'm not the killer. I was doing this and that. And I was like, and I was able to fool a bunch of people. And at the end of the game, when I was like, you know, managed to be the imposter and win, I was like, I'm sorry, guys. See, no one expects Sweet Lovable Blade to betray you like that. Whereas Jim gets voted out first. I get voted time. out immediately when I'm not the fucking imposter. It's like, oh yeah, Red's oh, the imposter. I'm like, I was in electrical. I was fixing shit. No, here's the funniest part. Like one of the games I played in Among Us, um, we had like some person who played this game so many times and I was basically like moving around and no one was killed yet. And the person was like, oh, uh, Blade is the imposter because he wasn't like doing any tasks and like he wasn't doing anything. And I was like, I barely moved. And yep. everyone yep. and then I'm like, yeah, yeah. Time but that's breaks. a one I haven't touched in months already. But still, it definitely pe deserves. Pe people to be say on it's there. broken now. I guess there's too many cheaters and bullshit now. So Probably. everyone says it got ruined. But yeah, it had, it, 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 had, it had a cool run. It's it's like it's it's in my pile of I respect but not like sort of thing. It's like sure. I, I think it's really good for what it is, but it's not just something I'll like go back to a lot unless you know I absolutely need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like you said earlier, it's right place, right time. Yeah, uh, especially with a quarantine thing. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So number nine, something that was apparently a social media phenomenon that I had never heard of, and I spend way too much time online. Baseball. You pick a imaginary baseball team and you manage it with friends and events happen and it's a, a all free it's a, a browser free browser simulator of baseball teams really I, polygon I, I, I get the fun dead. factors there I'm sure the fun factor can be there yeah but come yeah, but the number dead. nine a, a browser game a fucking browser game like. like I, I never heard of it. And the fact that I didn't hear about it shows how little of an impact it probably left. Because I would have No one talked like, about this. Well, but here's the thing I would hear about Football Manager, at least, because I know there's like an audience for people who like, you know, to manage their football team and, you know, trade their players and stuff like that. I, I hear that crowd. Like, I, like yeah. I'm aware of it. Blazeball is the first time I'm hearing about this. And the fact that it's the first time, I'm like. Is that really top 10 worthy? I don't know. Maybe the person enjoyed that. But as far as I know from this list, this is a collective of like a staff. So the fact they all kind of agreed for this to be in the top 10. They all played it at work together. So they all went, oh, social media phenomenon. Well, once again, not to pick on her, but once again, the name that keeps popping up when we get to these kind of really goofy names, Julia Lee. Don't know who you are. I don't like you. <laughs> no, I, I was about to say, ah, uh, because you cannot play Doom Eternal campaign with a bunch of people together. So yeah. it's for the list. Boo. <laughs> you can't have wacky things on a browser that nobody wants to open up to play. <laughs> I don't like to take the eye of a caca demon. That makes me sad. <laughs> <sighs> Number eight, Crusader Kings three. Uh, and. I I think it's the same thing with like Desperados 3 and Wasteland 3. All those games just like blur, pun unintended, in my mind. I just, they it all kind does. Of... And it is, it's very much, as it says here, actually, it's a good quote. It's a feudal version of The Sims. 
Yeah, okay. 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 Uh, sure. Maybe it Might is be the fun. best of the I'd Crusader like games. Yeah. Does it be, deserve to be number eight? Come on, guys. Eh, I mean, sure, if you like sim games, good for you. I just think it's a niche thing. Yeah. Eh. Like, if uh, it was, like, one of the Sims games, and I know those are incredibly popular, sure, but... Yeah, that would that make seems more like sense. more of a, like, a niche choice within a niche crowd. Like, absolutely double on the niche. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, they're just stroking their neckbeards here. They might as well pick a, a stupid-ass <laughs> pinball game at this point. Must hey, sir. <laughs> All right, so, number seven. An interesting one, because it's a game that... Everyone I hear that played it say it's a masterpiece, it's fantastic, it changes the game, but only like three people have ever been able to play it because it's Half-Life Alex. Well, first of all, you guys are a masterpiece. Well, it goes without saying. No, no, I know, but I need to say it anyways because people should remember that. <laughs> but like can I said you, earlier... Can when you we just say I am and Jim isn't? <clears throat> That's why you get the payment. Anyways. <laughs> Wait, we getting paid? But like, no. like I talked about uh, Mario Kart um, Circuit earlier. It's the same exact thing. I, some people don't have the room for a VR setup. And I keep hearing that when it comes to um, innovation of VR gaming, like Half-Life Alex is it. It's just a shame I cannot experience it, you know, the way it was meant to be experienced. And that's the saddest part. And I part. think, you like, you can even do it on any of those rink-a-dink VR sets or, like, even PlayStation. Like, you need, like, what, the the Vive? Like, you need, like, the top-of-the-line one to be able to really play yeah. it. Yeah. So you're making niche of niche of niche of niche again. But, you know, this one has a name behind it. Yeah, it's like the like the 1% who have, like, you know, an entire, like, um, a basement, like, level of just space. Just dedicate, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't have that... <sighs> Um, but this is not against the game. This is actually no, yeah, yeah. The game oh. could be the best game on the list. If it, you I, I think could it, play it, it from what I hear, it probably deserves to be where it's at. Yeah. It I, just I sucks think, that you can't play it. I think from what I remember, I think GameSpot is the only place I know that gave it their number one favorite game of last year. So it got yeah. one game of the year award. So I guess it's worth something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, number six, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Hey, um. This one's hard for me, personally, because I know a lot of people really love um, this game, and I loved um, the original game. That was my favorite game of 2018. Um, I may be alone on that, but I kind of found this a little bit derivative. Like, sure, I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to enjoy it. Like, they took the stealth mission with Mary Jane out, so it's just Spider-Man action, but I don't like miles morales that much in this game unfortunately and that was my biggest critique is that uh and here's the thing spider-verse is an amazing movie i think my flaw was watching spider-verse before i played the game because i love miles in spider-verse because the entire movie is based on that character and i think that spoiled me because i was like oh this miles is whinier and mm -hmm. kind of annoying and the fact that i'm getting to play a character that i don't like as much Makes me kind of not like the game, even though it... Oh, and a lot of people say, like, oh, the gameplay is more refined, like, in terms of, like, the combat options compared to the original. I'll disagree, because you have a invisibility power, which kind of breaks stealth, so... I don't know, it yeah. just didn't feel like, you know, that revolutionary, like... Because it kind of... I mean, the stealth missions were some of the best parts of the original game. If I could just turn invisible whenever you want, kind of takes some of the fun out of it, in my opinion. Yeah, and as I'm looking at this, like, right up here, like, it's written by a guy named Jeff Ramos, 
And most of his write-up isn't talking about the game, but he's talking about the fact that you feel this guy actually plays a role in the Spanish neighborhood. So I I can see how he's feeling very, like, you know, represented, and he feels a yeah. very personal connection with it, which is fine. No, because like, the whole idea of, like, Miles Morales is, like, you know, uh, half, you know, African-American, half uh, Puerto Rican. Right. So that's very cool that he can actually represent. Because he, he had the swagger of a black teenager. That was a beautiful review. But, yeah, which is fine, but, like, Talk about the gameplay at least and shit like that. Like that's my only problem with this write up here. Like a lot of people I heard with the problem of it said it felt like an expansion pack that they did as a full price game. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? A lot of people started saying like how they Miles Morales like they just loved him as a character in Spider Man and Spider Universe because it was a great movie. And I think they're just weighing like, oh, I get to play it now. Like Jim's saying, it's more about yeah. like you love the character, you love the set, you're not caring about the like it's running on an engine of a game even if like you said it's a derivative like the engine's fine but yeah the engine's fine yeah. yeah so it should be on the list six yeah i think it's fine for what it is i just personally thought you know it's kind of like it's a weird thing because i was complaining about like the last of us being too long and i actually don't mind that miles morales is a shorter adventure because some of the complaints against the original game was it was kind of bloated so i like the fact they kind of trimmed it and just give us, like, you know, like, the clean Spider-Man experience. I just didn't enjoy, like, like Miles' repertoire of moves as much uh, compared to uh, Peter Parker's uh, stuff. And, 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 like, the writing wasn't as clever, too. Like, the idea that basically, like, a lot of the lines can be kind of corny sometimes. Sure. But coming up from Peter, who is an incredibly cheesy guy already, and, like... It worked, yeah. It works. And with Miles, I don't know. It just kind of feels weird because... Like, he sounds much younger, but he's supposed to be, like, 17 or 18. And I don't know. I don't think it's the voice actor's fault. I don't think he's actually, like, a bad actor at all. I think it's just, like, the way the character is written. And I hope that after this game, uh, Miles is going to be a little bit less whiny and more confident, which is kind of what I'm hoping for. Yeah. No, for sure. I agree. Yeah, it's just, I hate this because it's like, oh, I'm criticizing it about, like, a character. It's like, yeah, but the character is connected to the story, which overall connects to the experience. And I think the story also wasn't as good as the original game, too. Like, uh, the only bad guy that comes back from the original games is Rhino. Yeah. Everyone loves Rhino. Oh, Especially Giamatti. Donkey Kong. Like, look how happy he is. But Rhino's like, Rhino? <laughs> <laughs> Top five, baby. Top five. Here Let's we hear go. Chambers. Kentucky Route Zero, something that I think we talked about with the other lists because it's just we, a final chapter. Yeah, because yeah. it came out in 2013, and this is the final chapter. Um, Whatever. People I, seem to I, I'm love actually it. fine. And you know what? If it's a game that spans this many decades, I don't like the idea, but chapters to me can be justifiable that they are their own kind of like mini games. And if it is closing out the story and it is as emotional as it's describing. I'll buy sure. it. And I can even buy it in top 10. Can I buy it yeah. spot five? If you want to have the interesting list, that's this is the interesting addition I think you add. Yeah, the console version also came out that year too. So it also opened itself yeah. to uh, an audience of people who don't necessarily like game on Steam. So Exactly. So I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine overall. And I, and I think it was in their top 10 last time too, so it makes sense. So that's fine. Yeah, but, it's like every list has to have their hoity-toity indie game. And I think if we need to have one, that's a fair choice. That's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Wait. number four. 
uh, game with all the hype in the world, Final Fantasy VII Remake. A divisive game, from what I've seen. It fits the mold. It is a true remake. Um, I hear the pacing's all over the place, and not for the better. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. I'd be more interested... I Now, I haven't played it, but I've seen all the reviews, and having not played more than an hour of the original... Since I don't have a connection to the original, I wonder if I played it, if I would actually really like it. Maybe. I hear the combat's really fun with the way they did the system. So, <laughs> Go on, Dan. Uh-oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> okay. I. It's funny, because I played the original FF7 up until the point where you leave Midgar, which is ironic, because that's what the remake is actually covering, is the first six hours of the original until the point you basically go to the open world that's oh. where i stopped too yeah i don't know why i stopped at that point so like i i honestly it wasn't the fact that it was bad it just kind of dropped off sometimes it just happens with games it's yeah nothing against the original but the point is that yeah i kind of noticed like i played about um eight hours into the remake and i kind of noticed the fact that like you said boy they sure like to pad it with a lot of like random characters and stuff yep. that i just don't care as much about and there are some really cool things about it too. Like they have this like um, this crazy motorcycle motorcycle riding guy who just like challenges Cloud to like a one on one just because he's kind of insane. So there are some original ideas in that game that I do like. Um, and you know, I'll give it this: Final Fantasy VII Remake is probably one of the three stuff that was announced in E3 2015. Within that and Last Guardian and Shenmue Three that at least managed to achieve something good. Unlike those other two that ended up being kind of disappointing. It managed to give like the fans, you know, a good Final Fantasy experience. I mean, 15 was also kind of disappointing too, you know, from what I keep hearing. So honestly, I fell off the remake. I know a lot of people will like die for it, but I think like you said the best, like the pacing is just all over the place. There's a good chapter. There's a bad chapter. There's like, the combat is also kind of like frantic because it tries to combine like turn-based and real-time, but sometimes there's like so many practicals going on and you have to switch characters on the fly and you don't know what's good on what sometimes because as much as you want to plan an attack, when everything just happens and sometimes, you know, you have to do the turn-based stuff, like it doesn't actually stop. It slows time. So it's like, oh, I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do? Oh no, Tifa's dead. I have to revive Tifa. Well, great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a vast improvement, I would say, over fifteen in terms of like you know its combat style. It's still not there yet. I think I think they're very close to like you know like the excellent like you know nine or ten out of ten experience. I think it's like an eight ish sort of like out of ten in terms of like yeah. quality, which is still yeah. good. Yeah, it's still I didn't that's really still live good. For, like you know, and and apparently I heard that in, like the first like third which is what i played is the best part so if i played the best part and it's not getting good like towards the end i'm like oh, oh boy yeah why yeah. ever go back <sighs> all right number three microsoft flight simulator you know what honestly as goofy of an idea as a game the fact of what it actually does it's crazy like the it's scope absolutely of it. it's a it's a feat that 
as we said earlier, if 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 uh, the Mario Kart game was ahead of its time and what it tried to do with augmented reality, this game is proving what can be done if you add in this like data loading, I'll call it, of real life things. And if that can get incorporated more and more in games, because you know, like like the person who's writing this, one of the things he talks about is the fact that. They were able to fly over and have a drone take a picture of an area where they went in Tokyo for a honeymoon. Like, that's crazy amazing. It, so, uh, to me, honestly, I felt like this game, honestly, for just those feats, probably should have been number one. Um, but I, I'm, I'm fine <laughs> yeah. with it as number three. Because just saying all of what I just said, there's nothing that comes close to being like that. But right. we're talking about like a game that's like a technical achievement. We're not talking about like you know overall like you know like a fun factor too. Yeah, in gameplay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think being a number three in a top fifty actually True. is a very respectable place. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it is. Like I said, I, I am giving more credence to the technical factor here for sure. And th and this is honestly, this is going to be like my okay sure entry, like yeah. a game that I'm not going to probably play. Because honestly, with the flight simulator, it's one of the most technical games out there. Like, you need more keys on your keyboard to know what the heck you're doing because of all the switches you have to toggle and stuff like that. Right. But the technical achievement of a being able to map our globe to such minute detail to the point that even, like, a graphics card like a 2080 will not be able to process everything perfectly is just... Yeah, mind-boggling. It's, yeah. it's insane. If anything, they get my tip of the hat. I think they deserve a hand. Um, bravo to them. Yeah. And apparently, it's going to be ported for the Series X sometime this year. I heard. Cool. I don't know how that's going to translate to a controller, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Very, very simplified. Just yeah. give me creams and skies too, people, please. <laughs> All right, number two, one of the biggest hits and definitely should be here, Animal Crossing New Horizons. This is my fine. I, I mean, I still say if it wasn't for the fact of uh, the timing of the release with what we're dealing with you know, globally and it being what it is, I, it still it would still would have done amazing, but I think that was the perfect lightning rod for this game. Yeah, like I, I think that's what's put it from being like a game that sold like ten million copies to be selling thirty million copies. Like, yeah, it's the best selling Switch game, I think. Uh, I'm not sure if it, it is. is now. Oh, it passed Mario Kart at this point. I think it did. Let me double check that. I'll check that right now. Yeah, well, yeah, you know what? This is the epitome of lining in a bottle, like the right place at the right time. Uh -huh. Like, coming out exactly where the lockdown began and people were basically not allowed to hang out with people in person. And what better way to do it is in a sunny island with a bunch of friendly animal characters and being able to uh, celebrate, you know, graduation there, which is amazing that people can do that. And I give total respect for that. Yeah, really? I mean, as of September, it was number two. It was like two million away from Mario Kart, but... It also did that in a matter of six months as opposed to three years. So Which yeah. bonkers, yeah. yeah. Which, and like I've seen like so many like celebrities like you know making their islands. I mean, what's her name? Uh, Brie Larson, like Captain Marvel, was like, look at my Animal Crossing island, everyone. I'm like, 
I know that person. She was in a movie. So it definitely like reached like a huge mainstream and people bought Switches just to play Animal Crossing. And you know what? I'll say this. There was one game that came out during the first week of um, quarantine that people bought it like, you know, on March 20th that brought me a lot of joy. And that game is Doom Eternal. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay, here's my real um, Animal Crossing thing. Um, I think that they improved some things. I love the crafting. I love the idea that you get to, like, you know, form your island now so you can actually, like, organize houses so it's not just, like, placed randomly. That's pretty cool. It's just very expensive to do it, so you have to, like, farm turnips and stuff like that, which, I don't know, just takes kind of the fun out of it to me. And they removed some features, like the mini games when you play with friends. Like, there's none anymore, and that kind of sucks. So it's like they take a bunch of steps forward and a bunch of steps back, so it's like... It's a shame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't need a tour simulator, but hey, 30 million people can't be wrong. So definitely should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's the respect. It's respect when I'd like category yeah. from. Exactly. Exactly. And number one, a game I still haven't gotten to yet, but everyone sung its praises. It was game of the year for a lot of people was in a, in the running for the video game awards. Hades. Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Yeah, this is a uh, this is a one just like you, Jim. I haven't gotten to play, and I really want to. Even if it's just for this, is one where I'm like, all right, I got to see if the hype is really worth it. My only fear is it has been built up so much. Nope. I'm I'm wondering if it if it meets. Go nope, ahead. The, the class. Oh no, I'm stretching my arms. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I I played it. Uh, I actually spent a decent. Um, uh, 25 hours on it so far, so I definitely have a stake when it comes to an opinion. Yeah. Uh, should you believe the hype? Yes. Is it the best game ever? I mean, like, no. I mean, I wasn't, like, blown away by it like other people were. Right. Um, but here's what really makes it a fantastic game. Roguelites as a whole are a very repetitive genre. Like, you die and you go to the first level again, it's the same experience over and over. Um, unless you really like a game a lot... You know, in terms of like its mechanics, I think it works. Like Dead Cells is a really good example of a roguelite that I think works really well because if you like Castlevania, like I'm not sure if any of you guys are be Castlevania people yourselves. Oh yeah, yeah. If yeah. you like if you like Castlevania, you would like Dead Cells because Dead Cells is roguelike Castlevania. Like yeah, it right. plays a lot like Castlevania. Um, so because of that, you don't mind the repetitive nature of it. Whereas like Hades is more of like you know um, an isometric like action game. Um, but what really makes it stand out is like, yes, the gameplay is good, but the story is basically woven around the gameplay because you're essentially playing the son of Hades mm-hmm. and you basically, you know, trying to escape hell. And no matter how many times you try, you keep dying and you have to come back. And I don't know how Supergiant did this, but dialogue never repeats. They have wow. thousand upon millions lines of dialogue. Mm. And I don't know how they managed to keep, like, story beats fresh, even if I'm going through, like, you know, the same beats. Like, for example, you think you've seen all the different, like, gods of Olympus who give you, like, gifts throughout the story. And there was, like, one point, you know, that was, like, I reaching the final boss and I die. And I'm like, well, there's nothing new this game is going to introduce to me. 
and then they give me a new god out of nowhere that I never met before. It's like, oh, this new character, like 20 hours into this game. There's something actually new to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, and here's the here's the best part. Getting to the credits isn't the end of the game. I don't want to spoil why, but it's worth to actually have multiple playthroughs. And that's the amazing part of it is that they give you reason to go through it again, even if you think you reached the end. Yeah, the that's what... yeah. Sorry, go on. I was gonna say that's what we heard when we had uh, Pam from Cannot Be Tamed on. Like, she was going through like all. What does he have to beat it like twelve times or something to see like everything ish, or to get like the full ending or some crap yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah, ten, twelve ish, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and she was on like her eighth time beating it. I was just like, Jesus Christ, man. Here's the thing: if there wasn't a good story accompanying to it with like excellent voice acting, right? You know, with it too, like I wouldn't bother. And here's the kicker: the majority of the cast, like ninety-five percent of the cast, are people who work for um, Supergiant. We're not talking about like professional like voice actors, like you know, I don't know, Nolan North or Troy Baker or whatever. Right. Uh, like a, a really good example is the main founder of Supergiant. Uh, he's a guy called Greg Savin who used to be one of the biggest names of GameSpot before, you know, the kerfuffle with, like, um, um, Giant Bomb and all that story, like, that side took off. That guy eventually became the head of Super Giant Game, and he usually has, like, you know, a very serious voice, and then I'm finding out, oh, so this guy was super serious, played this, like, goofy jester guy who tells you how you die each single time you come back, and I had to check IMDb. It's like, no freaking way. Like, the fact you can take, you know, those, like, like nerdy traditional like game developer type people to make all those like wonderful characters come to life yeah nuts it's just nuts no i think i will play <laughs> it i mean roguelites i i i'm not i i hate repetitiveness but at the same time i'm fine with the fact that i'm gonna try it and yeah because i'm a completionist i'll probably have to go through every time to get the final ending because i am a sucker for story so i am excited to try it well here's Uh, here's two things too like one it plays really well so the action is fun and i don't think there was ever a point where i died when i said it was the game's fault it was totally my fault for being at the wrong time and i was blocking or doing something and two you don't have to play every like the whole game in one go you can take a break every single time you know you have like a couple of deaths. It's like, okay, I'm going to take a break and come back to it later. And it's the benefit of it actually being on the Switch. That's a perfect game for Switch. It's like, oh, I have to wait for an appointment. Let me just uh, grab my Switch, do one run. I died. I'll come back to it again. Yeah. Nice. All yeah, right. that's a game that I would probably get on sale and get through it once and be like, all right, I got the idea. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just me being ADD and all that. No, I, I, I made it too, man. That's the reason why sometimes a game really has to have like a gripping hook and like a good story to do this. That's why Snacks did a good job, and that's why you know Hades did a good job as compared to something like I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of like other like. Give me a game that's like super wordy that like like made you like give up. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Of it. Super wordy that made me give up. Like, as opposed to, like, you know, as a game like, oh, Paper Mario for me, Origami King is a good example. Like, okay, you know, yeah. Like, mounds of text and, like, characters that, you know, I mean, that's the problem with Paper Mario is that you have Mario as, like, one of the characters, and Mario cannot really be changed because it's supposed to be, like, you know, the everyman, your avatar. So because of that, it's always, like, characters that's like, Mario, what do you think we should do? 
Right. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, no, I hear you there. No, that definitely seems like a game I'd probably be more because you can just get right into it, too. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is Hades deserve the number one spot? I think that considering it's a staff and a collective decision, yes. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm definitely going to try. So, I'll, I'll, I'll be very happy to report what I think as soon as I play it. But, like, Jim, I'm going to wait for the sale. But like you said, I'm fu- I'm absolutely I am okay with it being number one. Though, I will say that. So um, now that we finished this list, can I mention a few things that weren't placed there? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, just a, just a few few quick mentions. Yeah. I had mentioned Immortals: Phoenix Rising earlier. Uh, in my opinion, I think uh, I know that you enjoyed Valhalla in terms of like Ubisoft stuff, but I would say that Phoenix is probably their best new franchise in a long time and. Calling it like, you know, Ubisoft's Breath of the Wild kind of does it a little bit of a disservice because it kind of basically means that it's a blatant copy. And in a way, it kind of is. But I'm hearing from a lot of people that really want a new Breath of the Wild game and they cannot wait for it. And apparently um, that game, like, scratched their itch, you know, of like, oh, this open world game where you can explore to your hunt's content. You don't really have to follow a linear path and you can do whatever you want. And... It even has, like, a cool, like, you know, combat mechanic um, uh, that's very similar to Breath of the Wild, but also with more, like, abilities. You can, like, get spears to, like, take care of enemies that encircle you or, like, use a shield to bash someone. It's, it's, I think it's one of the slipper hits of the last year, and it came out in December, so it was during the time, you know, when the holiday talks are going on. So it wasn't as, also Cyberpunk came a week afterwards, so who would care about this, like, mythological game you know so i don't know if you guys played a lot of Breath of the wild but if you've been a fan of that i would recommend phoenix for sure yeah i mean i i I, i've seen the same thing you just said that that's your your best stepping off point if you want an experience like that yeah everyone i talked to who loved breath of the wild and played it they're like if you like breath of the wild you'll really like phoenix i know some people who didn't like breath of the wild who like phoenix so yeah Yeah, that's actually also surprising to hear too so they did something right um i also have to give a shout out to shark simulator (laughs) to some man eater that looks goofy it looks fun yeah it's stupid but you know what sometimes i want to have a stupid fun can you give me a stupid fun with me being a shark and just jumping on a boat and eating people uh, it's uh, at this time of this recording. It's also free for PlayStation Five owners, so nice. Snag that, and I had like a basic fun with it. Um, and last but not least, I think it's probably the most criminally overlooked game this entire year because I remember it got a really, really good review scores, and no one is talking about it. Neo Two. <laughs> oh yeah, it is surprising to not see it on there. Yeah, because no one talks about Neo Two, and I'm still gonna say it's the best non-From Software Souls game ever made. If you like action games, you know, like Ninja Gaiden, God of War, all that stuff. I, I don't get it. It's it's so deep. It's so it's it's a lengthy game, but you don't feel like it's wasting your time. There's so much variety in the weapons. The Japanese mythology is, like, really deep and excellent. I mean, yeah, the story isn't great, but everything else around it is just... Ah! (laughs) It's just, I'm kind of frustrated because I feel like I'm the only person who's, like, championing this series sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't played that, but, I mean, once again, based on this list, there'd be plenty of personal choices I would throw in there. 
it, to me, like these kind of lists, you know, you're not going to hit even what you think should be some obvious on there. But but then the thing is that it's a top fifty. You think that maybe they will be mentioned <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> no, they had to save it for bug snacks. If found, <laughs> or I don't know what, or, what or, stuff? Or, or four games that came out many years earlier or something like that. That's how they uh, want to uh, do League it. of Legends or yeah. Hyper Breaker Ship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Shell Breaker. Uh, 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 Mr. Miyagi jacket off game. I forgot. Jim's Krusty Corner, whatever. Jim's Krusty Corner Simulator. Yeah, <laughs> that's number zero because that was better than everything. That is true. <laughs> or negative six because it has to be buried. No one must know, <laughs> except for everyone who listens to this. <laughs> Do we have like the Men in Black like uh, thing that makes everyone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. No, I show a picture of it and then everyone kills himself. That's how it goes. Damn it, Jim. Oh god, is that like a death note? It's a death note. <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate death note. <laughs> no, but that wraps up this list. And like we said, we're not going to do a bunch of these other ones uh, like we did last year. Uh, Blade. You we, get the idea. <laughs> you know, obviously, we, we, you you know way more about these games, which is why we do love having you on for these. Um, but before we we hang up with everyone, please make sure plug away with everything one more time. Just get it out there. And if you're not uh, already, please make sure be following Blade. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say very quickly, I am going to do my own uh, personal top 10. And jokes aside, I released um, my last top 10 of 2019 very late because work was really busy. But um, now I actually have all the footage I need and I wrote my script, so I just have to record stuff. So my goal is February. So look forward to that on my channel blade blur just look me up um same with twitch i also um want to do a bunch more stream uh, like streams on twitch especially of like a lot of like games that i didn't really grow up on like specifically super nintendo stuff like i never finished a link to the past and that's something i want to like repair <laughs> like you nice. know yeah up or, or like i don't know there was this like indie game uh, star fox 64 that i haven't really finished properly i thought of maybe like also finally playing it you don't maybe. gotta play that one yeah, I should I not play it? Okay. If Brian said I shouldn't play it, then it's I should It's overrated. <laughs> yeah, okay. I should play I should play like the 3DS version or something. Yeah, that's way better. Yeah, probably. Oh, you know what? Zero. That's the one everyone loves. Or you can do Star Fox 2, the unreleased on the Super NES Classic. Woo! <laughs> that's the real classic there. <laughs> yeah, but but the point is is that um you know, honestly, here's the thing. Like doing like the whole YouTube thing and streaming and all that stuff has basically gave me the honor of like, you know, coming out of my shell and be able to talk about this medium that I love so much and help me get a job in the industry and I owe it I owe a lot of this joy that I have to people like you guys. So thank you very much for having me. No, and absolutely. like jokes aside, like you guys have been like amazing friends to me and I will always cherish the friendship that we have forever. No, same no. here, bud. I mean, like we said, we can't wait to actually hang out in person again some some point in the future. Um, yeah. And we say it on here, too. Like we only for the most everyone we've basically had on is people we've wanted to have on. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we don't get randos and just whatever. So now we appreciate it. And we appreciate you taking the time coming on and talking with us. I'll, I'll try to grow a neck beard next time. If that's that's, that's what I expect. That's what you need to be. <laughs> well, actually, step your game up. One should have been. <laughs> <laughs> now, but with that. For everyone watching, we want to say thank you for sticking around. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit subscribe. If you're listening to us on iTunes, give us a five-star rating or subscribe to us there, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. 
And with that, we want to say have a good night and cheers. Cheers, guys.